The 700 Tapes podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. We do not own the rights to any clips used on this program. This podcast will contain foul language and crude subject matter. If you're easily offended, please stop listening now. In 2019, Jasperino purchased 700 VHS tapes at a yard sale for $35. He promptly moved them to a safe house deep in the outlands of the Arizona desert. If you're into nostalgia and you like VHS, and if you can find him, maybe you can listen to the 700 Tapes Podcast. Previously on the 700 Tapes podcast. You're not fucking playing with you, asshole. Do you want this little girl to die, or that little girl, or yourself, or your bosom buddy with the badge? Now, I don't want to do it, but I will turn this place into the fucking wild bunch if I think that you are fucking with me. What you... He says you were scratching. I wasn't scratching. Are you calling him a liar? I'm not calling him a liar, okay? I'm simply saying if I was scratching, I don't remember scratching, and if I did scratch, it's not because I was sitting in the cops, because I'm fucking scared shitless. You better be cool. Daddy, I didn't want to talk about this in front of Scott because he gets upset. But I just want to know, don't you believe in God anymore? Not enough to be a pastor. I know this is hard on you kids. My congregation needs spiritual leadership. Well, my faith is gone. What's this about, money? Well, money, all right, but not yours. Brother and I were a little hot water. I want to need your assistance. Excuse me. Why? Where are you taking us? Mexico. What's in Mexico? Mexicans. You quit. I think I've gotten about as up close and personal with you as I'm going to get. Let's just keep this friendly, okay, pops? Let's. I get your sense of it. Oh, you're right. Enough of the getting to know you shit. All right. I don't give a rat's ass about you or your fucking family. You can all live forever or you can die this second. I don't give a shit which. How many with you? Just my son and I. What's your purpose in Mexico? Vacation. I'm taking him to see his first bullfight. He's going to be fucking nuts. He said, as long as I don't act like a fucking nut, implying that I've been acting like a fucking no, nut. Right. I just meant you cool. Yeah, you meant that, but you meant the other two. I know that I put you all through hell, and I know that I have been one rough pecker. From here on out, you guys are all in my cool book. Jacob, you're going to keep driving down this street until you can do another street called Tegayo. When you get to Tegayo, you're going to turn this big bastard left. Go down a couple of miles until you see a bar called the Kitty Crystal. What I understand, you cannot miss it. Then, then you stop because that's where we're going. And now, the exciting conclusion of From Dusk Till Dawn. And now, our feature presentation.
Whoa, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, freaks and weirdos? Jasperino with you on an Easter Sunday with the man, the myth, the legacy, Mr. Roman Alvarado. Happy Easter, Happy Mr. Easter. Roman Alvarado. Mm-hmm. Resurrection Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pagan fig pig Yeah, fucker. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> we call it Ostara. Ostara. On my side of the tracks. But Easter, Ostara, whatever you want to do. And I just want to point out real quick, if you're... Uh, if you hunted Easter eggs today or said anything about a Easter bunny, you are officially pagan. Congratulations. Pagan. But uh, other than that, <laughs> here we are. Uh, we missed a week where it's been a, it's been two weeks now. Father, forgive me. It's been two weeks since my last podcast. <laughs> but uh, had a little bit of some technical issues going on last week. Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But we are back. We are undaunted. Man. And ready, ripping, roaring, yeah. all man, we all the above, man. Invigorated, yes. coming to you from the outlands of the Arizona desert, where there are giant mutated Easter bunnies and eggs hatching, freaked out weirdos, right. roaming around with their face masks, <laughs> buying their toilet paper and their water. <laughs> By the way, I, I want to give you a plug real quick. Right. If you are in need of a face mask, you need to look this man up on Facebook. Yes, it is Legacy uh, Alvarado. Yep. L e g a c y, Alvarado. A l v a r a d o. We're doing uh, doing face masks, and um, you can even customize your own face mask, and they're pretty badass. I was telling him, I want to take a picture of my face. Yep. And put it on the face mask, and then when I'm wearing the face mask, it looks like I'm not wearing a face mask. Right. That was my Mitch Hedberg. Face. I want to take a picture of my face and it put it on my off. mask. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys know who Mitch Hedberg is. If you don't, Google it. Google it, bitch. But he did a good bit where he said, I've been in front of all these people, and I've been on The Tonight Show, and no one knows me. I feel like more people know me from the store. So when I come up, I want to say, hi, I'm Mitch Hedberg. You may remember me from the store. The store. <laughs> great, great stuff. Unfortunately, we lost Mitch in the early 90s of a heroin overdose. That sucked. But great comedian. Look him up if you don't know who it is. But here we are on an Easter Sunday. Like I said, I got the ambiance going. I got the lights off. I got candles going. I got my Virgin Mary candle over here burning. I got candles in the back and some skulls. We're uh, we're being very, uh, we're having a reverent time today. Or irreverent, I don't know how it's going to go. Because the second half of this movie, as you guys know, if you listened last time, this is part two two. uh, from Dust Till Dawn. And I think the BBG meter is about to go off the scale. Off the fucking scale. I think we're going to blow that thing up on the second half of this movie. Hell yeah. So uh, we got a few things going on. Uh, You watch anything this week? Uh, Let's see. Mm, Nothing that even... Oh, I did. Oh, yeah? What'd you get? I watched... uh, it's called The Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, I've been wanting to check that out. So I watched the Chris Benoit episode. Yes, I've been wanting to see so that. So it's a, it's a two-part episode. And they uh, so they, they go into the whole thing about Chris Benoit and, yep. and, and um, him suiciding, you know, killing his family and then suicide. Yeah. Um, and then they before you know all of that they actually go into eddie guerrero dying because him and that really messed him up because they were really good friends yeah i mean really really good friends like so watching that i was like holy shit because i've always wanted to know the details behind it. right so 
That was badass. Yeah, I've been wanting to check that out. That's on uh, what's it on? Um, uh, uh, Vice. Vice. I keep wanting to say Spike, but it's Vice. Vice. I think it's on YouTube also. I'll probably check it out there. Yeah, I, I think because uh, I, I started watching it on YouTube and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna." Yeah, they're doing Vice. an episode also on New Jack. Yes. So that, they, so that I was the, that, that one. was the one that I was gonna watch. So I ended up not watching it. Uh-huh. Um, but man, it's badass. And they're gonna be doing another one on uh, Owen Hart, the death of oh. Owen Hart. And they actually, um, they managed to get an interview with Owen Hart's mother, and that was actually the first time that she had agreed to be interviewed about it. So that was wow. that's kind of groundbreaking. I'm a big wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and um, one of my favorite. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, I don't just podcast. I also listen, listen to podcasts. Right, right. right. Uh, but one of my favorites is the. Uh, uh, the DDP? Jim the Jim Cornette oh, Jim Cornette podcast. Uh, I think it's the Jim Cornette Experience. I think it's called. Or uh, I thought you were gonna say DDP. Oh, I I I, I, I haven't caught has, any of his. I, so the the only time I've heard DDP was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, I love Joe Rogan too. Yes, I yes. I, I watch that quite frequently. But uh, they talk quite exclusively, extensively, I should say, about the dark side of the ring on the Jim Cornette podcast and. The last episode, if you guys want to check it out, they actually had Kevin Sullivan on. Wow. I haven't listened to it yet because it just came out Friday. Okay. But they actually had Kevin Sullivan on to talk about the whole Chris Benoit case because he was not on the dark side of the ring. And right. it he had done it out of respect for the family. He didn't want to bring it up again. But it, it, they what happened was they said it, it ended up making him look real shady because he didn't want to be on it. So right. he, they got him on uh, with Jim Cornette to talk about his side of it and what happened because he was the ex-husband of Nancy Benoit, right? Who was murdered? Who Chris Benoit murdered? If you guys don't know what we're talking about, you can look it up. Um, if you're not wrestling fans, but I don't think you have to be a wrestling fan to know about Chris Benoit. No, because it was it, it was, was all over the news everywhere. And he, WWE won't even say his name anymore. Yeah, like they, if you watch the network, erased him from. Yeah, I mean they everything. have matches they have to show him in, but they they like blank out his name like it's a cuss word. It's yep. really really strange. And, uh, you know, he'll never be in the Hall of Fame and, and all that right. stuff. There is a conspiracy theory, because we are big conspiracy theorists here on the 700 Days Podcast. you damn right. There is a conspiracy theory that he did not kill himself and his family. Right. That they were, in fact, murdered. murdered. I don't know if they talk about that so, so on that episode or not. Is um, you know, not to give any tidbits away or anything, but this is kind of, you know, going into what you were just asking. So what happens is, um, right after Eddie Guerrero dies, he, he, he goes into this tailspin right like i mean it is it is a, a fucking tailspin so in that tailspin he becomes paranoid oh. and he's like man um you know they're out to get me it was kind right. of like that you know but in in the in the special they kind of like glaze over that a little bit uh-huh. because i've always thought from jump like i don't know like suicides are kind of weird right you know um and you you can tell by the way that so Chris Jericho talks very candidly about him uh-huh. because they were you know really really good friends right and like he ends the the um, the segment saying you know if he knew that wrestling was going to be the death of him he wouldn't have wrestled right he, he said he said that his biggest thing was if he never got into the Hall of Fame as long as he was respected by his peers yes he would you know he's like that's that's all that matters that's the to kind me. of guy he was and he's like. If he knew that this would happen, he wouldn't have wrestled at all. So right. it's like, damn, that sucks. It seemed to me, and this is just from the things I've read and the things I've seen and, and just from being a wrestling fan for so long, 
it seemed to me that Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit were kind of balancing each other out. Exactly. And when he lost Eddie Guerrero, he kind of spiraled out of control because right. that was the guy, just like we talked about, to bring it back around to our podcast, uh-huh. Oh, the, Richie the, and Seth. Yeah, definitely. Seth kind of kept Richie reined in. Definitely. And then when he was gone in jail, he went out of control. I think it was kind of the same kind of thing. It, it like makes sense. Benoit didn't have that emotional support that he was getting from Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just kind of went off the deep end, but... We'll never know. Right. The sad thing is we'll never know what really happened. Right. Um, I got to do this now. We'll never know what, what really, really happened. happened. <laughs> Badass. I, I love that effect. Hell yeah. Anyway, Hell yeah. Uh, I caught a lot of stuff this week. Good. Weirdly. Um, what, what did you watch? Dude, I watched him. Oh, you know why I've got so much? It's because it's been two weeks. I watched a movie on Shudder called Satanic Panic. Okay. It's kind of a horror comedy. Gotcha. Uh, Rebecca remains in it, and um, Jerry O'Connell, who she's married to, is right. also. In it. It's about a pizza delivery girl, and it's her first day on the job, and she gets sent to this swanky neighborhood, and ends up uh, they needed a satanic sacrifice oh, for the I, devil. I, so Have you I, seen I, it? No, no, no. But I saw. I know the trailer. I saw it. I would highly recommend it. Really it's hilarious. It's really really funny, but dark at the same time. Right. It's got a real like mixture, and I really dig that, and. Um, there's a whole shtick where they're like, are you a virgin? And she goes, that's really a personal question. And they're all, she's a virgin. She's a virgin. Yeah, because it it's supposed to be like a virgin sacrifice. Yeah, and it was originally um, Rebecca Romaine was going to sacrifice her own daughter. Mm. And as soon as her daughter found out what was going on, she went out and screwed the first guy she'd get her hands on just so they wouldn't sacrifice. It's really, really funny. Um, it's really a funny movie, but it's got some dark parts in it, too. So, um, I'm trying to think, where did I see that trailer at? Probably because, on Amazon or Shutter. Yeah, I think that's what it it's was. on. It's on Shutter. Um, and then I've been trying to catch up on the Joe Bob Briggs drive-in. Do you know what that is? I do. Oh not. man. Okay. So Joe Bob Briggs in the '90s used to do a show on TNT called Monster Vision. Okay. And he would show horror movies, kind of like Elvira. Gotcha. But he was the host. He's a cowboy guy. Wears a bolo tie and cowboy hat and tells jokes and he's really funny mm-hmm. well he was off the air for like 17 years and um a couple of years ago he did a special on shutter where he showed like eight movies okay and he did the commentary and stuff in between well it was such a big hit people demanded he do another one so he did a second one then he did a christmas one then oh, he did a halloween shit. one and there's several and there's another one coming out so i had missed i've seen the first one mm-hmm. i've seen the christmas one and the halloween one all the way through and now I'm trying to watch the second one that came out last year because I didn't see it. Gotcha. So I've been working my way through it. Um, so I watched Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop. And I don't know if I'm sorry I watched it or I'm glad I watched it. It was one of those movies. Um, it's about a, it, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a teen cop wolf, that it, turns into a werewolf. Teen Wolf gets a job? Or is Pretty it, much, is, yeah. Is grown wolf? <laughs> kind of, yeah. And it's very campy. It's very low budget. Uh, but if you're in for a fun movie, this movie is okay. If you're looking for something like mind-bending or, or gripping or serious, then this is not the movie for you. But uh, if you're into schlock and, and fun and <laughs> stupidity, uh, then Wolf Cop is definitely for you. I also watched uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which I had never seen. Wow. Um, this movie came out in the 90s, and I remember seeing it at Blockbuster all the time on VHS. Now I want a copy of it on VHS because it's a great movie. So it's what is very, it about? It's about, uh, it's a real-life serial killer in um, uh, Chicago. Okay. Um, and his roommate, and he is, a, he is a guy that went to jail for murdering his own mom, 
when he gets out, he becomes a serial killer. And, of course, he's murdering women because he's reliving killing yes. his mom. Right. And then he gets his roommate involved, and hilarity ensues. Hilarity doesn't ensue. That's just what I say to cap it off. But um, it's a really dark movie. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's not action-packed. It's not overly gory. And that is the charm of this movie, that it is disturbing without overly using, like, kill scenes and violence. And they did that on purpose. It's the guy next door. Yeah, they're really showing you his life. He lives in a shitty little apartment. He drives a crappy car. He's real quiet. They show him walking around doing stuff, being nice to people, and then picking up a victim. There are no kills in this movie. Like, you don't actually see him killing anybody. Wow. But you, but you, it's, you see you the know. bodies afterwards. Right. And they'll play, like, what happened. They'll, be, they'll show the body, and they'll be overplaying, like, her screaming or being choked or whatever. So you kind of, oh, fuck, something really bad happened to her. Mm. But they don't really show it. That's the charm of the movie. And, and if you guys are horror movie fans out there, you're probably like, I can't believe you've never seen that. I, I just, it was one of those things. I thought it was going to be one of those cheap, like, serial killer documentary movies, right. and I just kind of already passed it up. You know who played uh, Henry, though? Michael Rooker. Wow. Michael Rooker from uh, Walking Dead. He was also Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Um, really, really great in that movie. So I would highly recommend that, too. Um, I watched a couple other things, but I can't remember what they were now. Right off the top of my head, I should have made a list. But I've been steadily working my way through uh, through uh, the Joe Bob Briggs movies. Nice. And then, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. So. I'm trying to think, what have I, that's all I've watched. I wanted to do something here. So since uh, we talked about face masks and you've been out delivering face masks all day. Right. We here at the 700 Tapes Podcast, let me do this plug real quick because I didn't do it and we're 17 minutes in because I'm horrible. You can find us on Facebook under the 700 Tapes Podcast. You can join our Facebook group or just like our regular Facebook page. You can find us at Instagram at 700 Tapes. Find us on Twitter, Jasperino at 700 Tapes. Listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, iTunes, and Spotify. The Spotify because we're kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. But... With everything that's been going on, and some of you guys have been quarantined, and I hope you're taking this time to catch up on the 700 Tapes podcast. Right. We're strong on, on this is, or I guess we're calling this episode four. Four. We're going to be going into episode five, but this is part two of From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, next time, we're going to be uh, doing another great movie on VHS. This is a VHS, strictly VHS podcast. All of the movies we watch, I watch on my VCR in front of my computer yep. uh, all the way through uh, with previews and everything. So if you guys like VHS, you like retro, you like 80s, you like 90s action, horror, drama, softcore. Well, no, not softcore. <laughs> but the rest of that stuff, I don't know if I get my hands on the right movie. Right. There's some good ones from the 90s. If you're into the Skinamax stuff, there were some great titles like uh, The Hills Have Thighs. I had yeah, yeah uh, the witches of Brestwick. Oh, uh, what was it? Uh, the Bear Wench Project. Wow. Yeah, we might have to. We might. I don't know. We, maybe when we start a Patreon, we'll do like uh, it'll be seven hundred tapes after dark. After dark. <laughs> Look, I think we should go like one X, two X, and right. triple X. Yeah. Whoa. Well, those Skinamax movies, I don't think they even involved any X's because no, they were all like dry just humping, a, just a lot of boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of great the great thing about those movies was the music you're like the, you're, no they were so <laughs> the horrible like and they always tried to do some like 
serious song, but it's like 90s synthesizer stuff, and it's awesome. But I put a little package together All for right. you guys to stay safe out there because we care about you, right. our loyal listeners, because right. without you, we can't do what we do. Right. So we want you to stay safe with all this COVID-19, corona, whatever you want to call Coronavirus. it. Coronavirus. So I put a little uh, a little PSA together for you, and we're going to play it right now. The following public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at the 700 Tapes Podcast and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Gotta get a juicer, gotta drink juice, lose weight, won't get chest pains from answering the phone anymore. Please don't tell the supervisor I have the flu. I've been working with a shattered pelvis for three weeks. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, my juice loosener is never going to come. Hey, Dad, this came for you in the mail. <laughs> Mother, get an extra special hug ready. I bought you a new juicer. Good Lord. Flu germs entering every orifice in my head. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. The dreaded Osaka flu has hit Springfield with over 300 cases now reported. Now over to Arnie Pie with Arnie in the Sky. Okay, Mr. Sun, give me what you got. 98.6. You're fine. Now hurry up or you'll miss your bus. Maybe you better take that temperature one more time. Every time 4 o'clock is close enough to 5, the corona gets its line. Every time vacation mode doesn't need to wait for a vacation day, but Corona gets its lime. Every time the band goes on, and every time you take it all in. Or every time you say, wow, but Corona gets its lime. And every time you take those off, and you decide it's time to turn off, a Corona gets its lime. This story is making me lose a little bit of faith in humanity this morning. According to Google Trends Graph, many people are concerned over the outbreak of the Corona beer virus. Recent internet search results reveal a major spike in searches for Corona beer virus. These searches seem to be most prevalent in North America, Brazil, Australia, and parts of Asia and Europe. Some internet users suggest people are confused about the virus and believe there's some kind of link between the sickness and Corona beer. Well, the CDC has not claimed there's any dangerous viruses linked to or caused by drinking Coronas. And this has officially put a damper on my Friday. Stay the fuck at home. The Rona is spreading. This shit is no joke. It's no time to work or roam. The way you can fight it is simple, my friends. Just stay the fuck at home. Now, technically, I'm not a doctor, but motherfuckers listen when I read a poem. So here I am, Sam fucking Jackson, imploring you, keep your ass at home. If you want things to get back to normal, don't panic. Just use your dome. Wash your hands, stop touching your face, and stay the fuck at home. Motherfucker, it's no time to gamble. Look around. You're not at a casino. Just stay the fuck home as if your name was Trenton Quarantino. 
This public service announcement was brought to you by your friends at the 700 Tapes Podcast. Stay thirsty, my friend. Hello. Alrighty. <laughs> so, yeah, that is our public service announcement. Of course, our friend of the show, Samuel L. Jackson. And I like the tie-in with our episode. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Trenton Quarantino. That was, of course, a play on Quentin Tarantino. Uh, yeah, I threw in the uh, the Corona commercial there. That was awesome. Corona gets its lime. It gets its lime. And that first part, the Simpsons predicted all this shit as they usually do like right. 20 years ago. Right. So there you go. So this is a special part in the show for you and I. All right. I have a surprise for you. All right. My partner in crime. Hell yeah. My co-host supreme. Hell yeah. The man, the myth, the legacy. Hell yeah. So, I did something special for us. Something special. I'm going to give you a little hint right here. Oh, what I got in my hand. Oh, shit. He has a bottle over It's a bottle. What's it look like? And it's a Corona shade. It's a bottle. Corona bottle shade bottle opener. I just dropped it on the desk. I got a little something for you here. Hey, I, Corona. <laughs> I got us. A couple of Coronas to partake in to got, show. Got a little shorty forties at the Seven Hundred Taste Podcast. <laughs> oh, listen, listen. That's my bottle opening. Look. I'm gonna pass the bottle opener to you. Hell yeah. We fear no beer. We fear no virus. Oh, oh that's a beautiful sound. All right, this is the good one right here. This is the good one right here. Here we go. Listen, to this. Listen, to this. Cheers. That's it right there. Cheers. We are gonna drink. <laughs> Salud. The, we are gonna drink these Coronas. During the portion of this podcast, is for the for the uh, duration the of the duration. podcast, I'm gonna take a drink right now. Oh look, look, a Corona gets its lime. <laughs> and I will tell you, I have not had a Corona in almost two years, and that tastes good. I like it. Same here. So Ooh. there we go. So uh, we are chilling with some Coronas with you. On an Easter Sunday. Hell yeah. This, look, this was a good-ass plug, man. Like, right? For sure. I was not expecting this whatsoever. Right? See, yeah. it was a surprise. It was for sure. And uh, I feel bad because the Corona Beer Company, I think they said they'd taken like a $1.8 million loss or something like that. And I, and I think they've stopped making Corona right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a damn shame. I think they stopped making it. So, that being said, we are going to support... Corona beer. Right. Uh, the fact that it has nothing to do with the coronavirus. Nothing. We're going to enjoy our Coronas. Right. There's one other big thing. It's a big day here right. at the 700 Tape yeah. Podcast because it's also Easter. Awesome. So I decided mm-hmm. since uh, we already played the preview for this movie because we did all the, the, the facts and the trivia and all that in the last episode to right. start this off. So it le- kind of left a few holes. So I thought since it was Easter... I would play you guys the trailer from my favorite Easter movie of all time. All right. So I would like just a, a moment of silence right. and just quiet yourself, do some quiet reflection on this on this holiest of days right. and enjoy the preview. In the year 33 A.D. The Messiah! He's gone! Where did he go? Hang on! Man, you crazy, Jesus! You crazy! That's what my 
my ex-wife said. Oh, the son of God, you sure are a son of a... Chris Tucker and Jim Caviezel, is that it? The guy from the first one? Passion of the Christ 2, crucify this. You know how to use one of these? You know how to use one of these? This July, let he who is without sin kick the first ass. Yeah. <laughs> Coming this July, Passion of the Christ 2. I love that part. That's the best part where he pulls out the gun. He's like, do you know how to use one of these? And Chris Tucker you know pulls out a these? joint. Do you know how to use one of these? Oh, uh, man, we're covering the gamut today. We did Simpsons and Family Guy in the same episode. Damn, son. It's a big day. It's a Damn, big look, day on the same podcast. All we're missing is, you know, fucking Greg the Bunny. Right? <laughs> and uh, South Park. I didn't put any South Park stuff in there. We'll save that for the for a later episode, I guess. So, uh, I think that's all the craziness I had put together. So, I think we can jump back into right. the movie here as we did our recap beforehand. Um. So just to catch you guys up, I mean, we did the, we already did the uh, previously, which that is something I have been dying to do since I was a little kid. Nice. I always love when I watch shows and they were like previously on the A team, and they do all the little <laughs> clips to catch you up what was happening, and even like in later shows, like I used to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer all the time. They always Damn. did before every show, it was, and it was always Giles previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> so I remember you bringing up Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, for one, I didn't know in the movie uh-huh. that uh, it was Pee Wee Harmon. Oh, yeah, Paul Rubens. I did not know that. Was the one vampire. And then um, in the series, I remember there was like a demon that they couldn't, you know, like kill or anything. Uh-huh. So with that, with that, like, I think it was like mortal weapons or something like that. Right. And then the guy gets blown up with a fucking rocket launcher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was like a blue face or something like yes. that. Yes. <laughs> That's all I could remember from Buffy Dude, the Vampire I was Slayer. a Buffy the Vampire Slayer like maniac. Like I read the books. Damn. I, dude, I've got the Watcher's Companions downstairs, like all three volumes. Damn. Like the Monster Book. I've got yeah, I was like I never missed an episode. I was all into Angel when they did the spin-off. Oh yeah. I yeah, yeah, loved for sure. Buffy Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It, it, it was Angel and Spike, right? Yeah, and uh and Cordelia. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great show. So anyway, um, why did I bring up Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I don't even remember now. I don't know either. This is going to get interesting because we're down in our, our Coronas here, right? So anyway, okay. So oh, because I was talking about previously on, oh. previously. So as you guys heard in the beginning, um, the geckos have kidnapped uh, Jacob and his family, and they're now pulling into the titty twister, right? And you've got the music going. And there's bikers and trucks parked everywhere, and there's a fire outside, and it's a wild party, and there's girls dancing on the steps. I never noticed this, but as Cheech Marin is doing his pussy speech, mm-hmm. they you know they come driving in, and he's like, come on in, pussy, pussy. lovers. We got a two for one. You buy any pussy at regular price, you get another piece of equal or lesser value for a penny. Try to beat that pussy for a penny. You know? But I noticed while he's doing his speech, there's a dude actually getting a lap dance to his left on the steps outside of the club. Damn. It's really funny. Damn. So he's doing that whole thing. And... um. 
they is, come pulling this in. This is his second role in the movie so far. Yes, because he was ju- <laughs> he was previously the border patrol agent. Uh, so now, yeah, he's a pussy guy at the the door of the thing. Right. So this is where George Clooney is saying, um, you know. I know I've been a big prick, and we all got you guys a are nice, all my coolest. Now. Yeah, we got a real nice. I don't fuck with you. You don't fuck with me. Thing going here. I want to keep it that way. He goes. That includes you, Richie. You know, like he's yelling at a bunch of kids. And um, we're gonna go in here. We're gonna have a drink. We're gonna have a lot of drinks. And we're gonna wait till sun up when Carlos shows up, and then you guys are free to go. Right. And then they step out of the RV and they're looking, and Harvey Ke- Harvey Keitel goes out of the frying pan and into the fire. Again, a very like Hank Hill, like, very Hank Hilly. We made that connection on the last episode between uh, Jacob and Hank Hill. So uh, they're getting ready to walk out, and again, George Clooney says his classic thing: "All right, hard drinkers, let's drink hard." That's like George Clooney's thing in this movie: "Hard drinkers, let's drink hard." Ramblers, let's get rambling. Rambling. Fuckers, like it's fucking, you know, whatever. Like, um, so um, they come walking up, right, and. Cheech Marin stops because he sees Juliet Lewis. He goes, oh, what do we have here? A new flavor. Apple pie pussy. <laughs> and uh, George Clooney goes to walk by him, and he puts his hand on his shoulder, and he goes, not so fast. And George Clooney grabs him and just pop, 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 just knocks him out. <laughs> Lays like four punches on him just in lightning speed. Gah, 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 gah. And you can tell, like, up until this point, George Clooney's just done a lot of talking. Like, right, right. here, like, He's legitimately a badass. Like right. he took that dude out before he even knew what, knew hit him. what was happening. So then he falls on the ground, and in stark contrast, George Clooney, fucking Richie comes walking up and kicks the guy, and he goes, "Hi, how you doing? Enjoying it? I hope so." And he just kicks the shit out of him while he's laying down, and then he follows George Clooney in. So you can kind of get this is probably the shit that's happened all their lives. Right. Seth beats the dude up, and then Richie comes along, Mister Tough Guy, you know, right. but not really. And kind of drives the insult home by kicking him while he's down. So then they come in, and now we get the infamous pan shot of the titty twister. Oh, the titty twister. And there is a raunchous band playing, uh, you know, Tito and the Tarantulas. And there's girls dancing in the walls. There's girls dancing on the table. There's boobs everywhere. There's everybody's taking shots. These two biker dudes come by and they're punching each other. They're fighting. And it's just really giving you a shot of what a wild, crazy place this is. Fucking straight mayhem. Yeah. And just, I should have watched this again and counted the boobs just in that first shot. But I I didn't think about it. So I remember watching this movie for the first time. I'm like, this is, you know, because up to this point, it's not a vampire movie. Right. At all. Up to this point, this is a bank heist movie, you know, with... Clearly, two criminals. Yes, you know, and Hank Hill. You know, <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, Bobby. He's so, looking at he's looking at Richie, going, "That boy ain't right." So from there, you know, so when again that like when you said the pan shot, and I'm looking, I can I can you can see it in your head. Eyes, you can see it in your head, and it, it's it's just a smorgasbord of at what this the point because we kept saying even though. Uh, Robert Rodriguez directed the whole thing. Quentin uh-huh. Tarantino was sitting right next to him the whole time. I'm right. sure. We kept saying up to this point, it was totally a Quentin Tarantino movie. It yep. was a Reservoir Dogs. It was a, it was a Pulp Fiction. You know, it was that whole type of the dialogue. And so everything. it's it's natural born killers. Exactly. You know, esque. The minute they walk through that door, it is all Robert Rodriguez. Yep. Everything in this scene just screams 
Robert Rodriguez. It, it, it gives you Desperados. It gives you, right. you know, that it's those two movies. That whole with the yeah the put together kind the of the whole Mexicana type uh-huh. of feel and everything. Yeah, you can tell they had a blast I making was this like, movie. Oh my gosh, there's so many titties in this scene. Right. Oh my gosh. So then <laughs> they go walking up to the bar, and who's at the bar? Trejo. Danny Trejo. And they're like, uh, and this is badass Trejo. This is what, dude, uh, yeah, Con Air Trejo, right? Yes. <laughs> Do you know where Danny Trejo came from? Jail. No. Well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> he was Robert Rodriguez's landscape guy. Wow. Yeah, and he had just gotten out of jail, I think, and he was doing landscaping, and he was doing Robert Rodriguez's house. He was working for a landscaping company, and I don't remember. It might have been Desperado. Was he in Desperado? I can't remember. Uh, I think it's either that I or can't remember uh, Once Upon a Time in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, definitely. Yes. Because that's the part where he goes, are you a Mexican or a Mexican? Or a Mexican. But he, saw, Fucking Johnny he saw Trejo and he was like, dude, you look badass. Why the hell are you doing landscape? You want to be in movies? <laughs> and he was like, sure. And now, yeah. Trejo. The rest is history. Fucking, he has a taco yeah. bar and everything. Dude, you know? okay. Can I tell you a story about Trejo's Tacos? Yeah, yeah. And I, I almost hate to do this. All right. Because I love Danny Trejo. Gotcha. I just want to I want to quantify this whole conversation by saying you love I am a huge Danny Trejo fan. I love the man. Right. If I ever met him, I would show him nothing but respect. Got you. His taco bar sucks. Damn, son. I hate it. Damn. I, I hate that I hate it. You know what I mean? Like, I really wanted to like it. Right. But we went to L.A. You weren't you weren't the first person that's told me but that. We went to L.A. a couple of years ago for Beyond Fest, mm-hmm. and we were all hyped. That was the one thing we were like, beyond, beside the Beyond Fest, if we didn't do anything else, we were going to Trejo's Tacos. Gotcha. Uh, we got there, and there's valet parking, oh. and uh, we go in, and everything was kind of over, well, everything was really overpriced, which I halfway expected. Because it's California, for one. Exactly. You have a but they had like, to it. Everything was like gourmet like martha stewart type like weird pine nut guacamole kind of weird yeah like it was white people mexican food and i don't want to be racist i mean i'm half mexican so i guess i can say that Hell yeah. it was i really wanted a fucking taqueria is what i was looking for right i wanted some good street tacos right um nothing was authentic it was very kind of upscale like hoity-toity Nose in the air, kind of like they grabbed a, a 20, 20 year old kid straight out of culinary school and it's like, You want to make some Mexican? Oh, I've always wanted to make Mexican food for the masses, you know, cilantro on the side, yeah, yeah. And uh, the food, it wasn't that great, sucks. it was bland. The salsa was bad. How do you get bad salsa? Right, how do you fuck up salsa? Well, look, my, my thought is, you know, anything dealing with Trejo, I would think it would have tattoos, right. Titties. And there was a line. There was a line. We waited in line for 20 minutes to get in this place. And if you know me, that is my big... I will not wait in line for food. Right. I refuse. I waited in line to get in here, so I was extra pissed off. Right. And I was just really... Yeah, I was really disappointed. And we spent... I was telling Ro this the other day. Uh, I was talking about this trip. We spent four days in California, and we saved up our money, and we did it on the cheap, and we budgeted it. We spent four days in L.A. and did a lot of shit, and we ate out every day for under $1,000. Nice. And how many was, was there? How many there was Well, yours? it was just me and my ex-wife gotcha. paying for ourselves, but we were two other friends of ours. Gotcha. So but, there's four of you guys. Yeah, but the two of us together, we, mm. we saved up our money. We saved about 1000 bucks, and gotcha. we, we went 
and we ate out every day. I had a lot of Mexican food right. while I was there. A lot. Because we were in L.A. Right. We had a lot now. of Mexican food. Trejo's was the worst Mexican food, not only that I had on that trip, that, but I probably ever had in my life. Yikes. And I was so disappointed. And I was not, so sad. it's not Mexican food. And I wondered, I really wondered, and I Damn. still wonder this day, did they just slap his name on it? Does it's, he even know? Has he like. been there? Like, Because I can't see him like being okay with this. Like, right. I don't know. But um, I, I did have some really bomb ass Mexican food at um what's the, is that Mission Beach that's right there uh so depending on like by Muscle Beach and all that that's all Venice Beach and no it was, I think it was where the pier and everything is I think it's a little further down but yeah, yeah. I don't know where it breaks off at there was yeah. a little Mexican restaurant right there off the beach uh-huh oh my god we ate there probably two out of the four days we we for breakfast and lunch we Damn. went back to that same place that's how good it was. Their chori- their chorizo was probably the best chorizo burrito I've ever had in my life. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of it because I would totally plug them right now because that was some of the best Mexican food I've ever had. Nobody there spoke English. Our friend had to translate for us to do our orders and everything. It was great. Nice. But, talk yeah, talk was, about authenticity. Right. It was awesome. It Fucking was so, trejo. so good. But, yeah, Trejo's Tacos, we diverted a little bit. And I didn't even plan on talking. I had actually forgotten about that until you said that. And I was like, ah. Oh, I did take a napkin from there because uh, it had the logo on it, and, it, and I thought it, it was isn't cool. Is it just him and his face? Yeah, it is, right. and it says Trejo's Tacos. Um, so I had to take something from it that was good, you right. know. But yeah, I was disappointed. Damn. I'm sorry, Danny. If you li- if you ever hear this, I apologize from the bottom of my heart because I'm one of your biggest fans. Machete forever. Machete. Anyway, so yeah, so they go up to the bar, and Danny Trejo's there, and they're like, "We want a bottle of tequila." Blah blah. He goes. And he he pours him a shot of tequila, and then he drinks drinks it, it. Uh. and he goes, you can't come in here. (laughs) And George Clooney, he gets that same exasperated look on his face. He goes, are you telling me we're not good enough to drink here? Here? (laughs) He's like, this bar is for uh, bikers and truckers only. You get out. Then that's when. <laughs> so they're about to. Yeah. So then the fat. Hey, guy, well, this is funny. This is the important part. The big fat dude comes up behind George Clooney. Oh, yep. Yep. yep and he yep, puts yep. his put hand on his shoulder. And George Clooney doesn't even turn around. He goes, get your hand off me. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit. So there's something about a person. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. When somebody gets pissed, you expect them to get fucking bug eyed. Right. When a dude's like, get your hands off me. That tells me this dude doesn't need to yell. Nope. He knows what he can do to me, right. and he don't give two shits. Right. That's the dude I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid of the dude that gets in your face like, motherfucker, I'm going to I'm going to Yeah, ba, ba, ba. Keep talking, motherfucker. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. Oh, like our, our trivia last time. Are you going to mm-hmm. keep barking, little doggy? Or are I you going to bite? Right. I was never afraid of loudmouths. because never. Yeah, never. because you know never. they ain't going to do nothing. You're pussy. But the dude that comes up, he's like, get out of my face. You're like, oh shit! You know? Look, it's a, it, it it is a stark contrast between right. the two, and you're like, oh, yeah. It, it makes you it makes you really really think, like, hmm. Because you're what what it really is is this dude doesn't feel like he has to prove anything to me. Nothing that scares me. Because <laughs> I've gotten out of a lot of fights in my time by acting like I was better than I was. You, you know what I mean? Right. It's called Back bluffing. In, yeah, exactly. I've been in a few, but I've talked my way out of more. Damn right. You know, but man, you don't want to fuck with me. Damn right. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. You know what I mean? They're like, oh shit. But and 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 the, how you sell it is, you got to be like, look, you guys keep fucking touching me. It's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a problem. Right. You have to say it. 
you know, you got to grab some cojones, yep. you know, and you and you have to say it with it's almost monotone. Yeah, and you got to believe it. Yeah, you got to sell everybody, <laughs> even yourself. I mean, if I can't kick your ass, I will pick something up and, and beat you with it. I don't care. There's no fair fighting on my side. But George Clooney, real cool. Get your hands off me. And he goes, I'm going to count to five. He goes, I'm going to count to three. And he's like, <laughs> He goes, one, and George Clooney goes, two. two. And then Harvey Keitel steps in. Hank Hill steps in. Hank. Oh, hang on a minute, fellas. Uh, he's like, I love this speech. I yes. love this speech. Because how he says You it. say this bar's for truck drivers? If you look out your door there, you see a big recreational vehicle. That's mine. <laughs> I love doing this. <laughs> in order to drive one of those, you need a class three driver's license, which I have. And he shows him his ID, and he's like, this bar's for truck drivers. I am I'm a truck, a truck driver. driver. These are my friends. <laughs> but they did this perfectly. If you catch this the next time you watch it, they're playing music in the background. Right. So he goes, this bar's for truck drivers. I am a truck driver. These are my friends. <laughs> they timed it perfectly. So then... um. Because the, the dance is coming to an end. Right, right, like, right. So they're doing little shots of the, the girls dancing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, he, so then Danny Trejo gives him his ID back and he goes, welcome to the Titty Twister. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, he goes, give me a bottle and three and five glasses. And then he goes, you got food here? He goes, best in all of Mexico. And George Clooney goes, I doubt that. I doubt that. <laughs> he goes, send a waitress over to take our order. And Danny Trejo's all pissed off. So, uh, at some point during this exchange, because mm-hmm. um, the, the song they're playing during this I love from the soundtrack, it's called Cucarajas Enojadas, which means angry cockroaches. <laughs> and the words are Cucarajas Enojadas Fumando Marijuana, angry cockroaches smoking weed. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> it makes no sense, but it's cool. It reminds me of Joe's apartment. Oh, God, I don't want to think about that movie. (laughs) Speaking of Jerry O'Connell, cucarachas in ojalas. I love it. Anyway, all I need to know about Spanish I learned from From Dust Till Dawn. (laughs) So they go over to the table. Oh, I was going to say, during the scene while they're playing that, Uh I don't remember where it was exactly, but it's always been stuck in my head. The girl twerking on the table. That she's not twerking, but she starts that shaking thing from the legs down. Uh-huh. Oh my god! I just <laughs> wanted to throw that in there. You're oh like, my Grrr. god, dude! I'd have been like vampires. All right, I'm good. You know, like <laughs> anyway. You're like hell yeah. Like, so it's oh. funny. They go over to the table, right? There's people at the table, right? George Clooney kicks a dude out of his seat. <laughs> Badassness. Grabs the stripper by the hand, escorts her off the table, steals a bunch of chairs so they can all sit down, and nobody fucks with him. Right. Nobody's like, hey. Yeah, like everybody just lets it go. So uh, let me check my notes here, make sure I'm not missing anything. So we got the fat guy, the Harvey speech. Um, so yeah, he clears off the table so they can sit down. Um, they do a quick shot of Tom Savini oh. sitting at a table. Somewhere in there, they show Fred Williamson trying to play dominoes. Right, right, right. And they right. fall over. I'm trying not to talk about him too much because I have a real problem with him. I'm trying to leave him out as much as I can because I'm, I'm bitter, and I'll tell you why later. All right, all right. But um, wow. we had some personal wow. beef, him and I. That's the, Yeah, believe it or not. It's an interesting story. I'll tell you later. But um, 
They cut to uh, tell me now. Yeah, right. Now. Tell <laughs> me now. Oh man. Tell me. No, I'm just <laughs> We're about halfway through our twenty ounce Coronas, and it's starting to kick in. So anyway, they show uh, Tom Savini is sitting at the table, and he, is he, and is he messing with his whip. What is well, he doing? no, he's sitting there. And this other dude comes up, and he's got a beer, and he takes his whip out, and he goes, there and he we go. whips the, the beer and pulls it out of the guy's hand and catches it and starts drinking it. The guy pulls out a knife. Tom Savini leans back, and he's got this, like, crotch. he's uh, got, like, this leather thing on his crotch, and all of a sudden thing. it flips over, and this little barrel pops up with two... <laughs> two fucking um revolvers on each side so it looks like a cock and balls but it's a gun <laughs> if that doesn't scream robert rodriguez right. i don't know what does right and then we talked about this in the in the trivia in the last episode that gun was actually in antonio banderas's weapons case in desperado it's hanging yeah so that's cool robert rodriguez is always thinking a weird shit to do like I remember in Desperado, the dude had the bazooka, uh-huh. the guitar case the, bazooka. The, yep. the other guy had the machine gun. Look, I thought that was such a badass scene. I liked Antonio Banderas' though, where he could cock it. Because oh one of God. them, because is it, uh, is it Iglesias? Yeah, I think he, it was. He like, he like with uh, he, with the rocket launcher, yeah, he, 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 he struts he, out. He does that whole Shawn Michaels pose. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love those movies. And the cool thing is on the DVDs, mm-hmm. if you look at the special features, Robert Rodriguez will tell you how he did all that shit. He edits it all in real time. Like He shows you how to do the editing if you want to make your own movies, how to do the editing to make it look like that without having to do a bunch of fancy shit. It's really cool. And in the special features Mm -hmm. for um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, he shows you how to make that dish that Johnny Depp is eating. When Remember when he tells... Oh, that's badass. He goes, I get this in every restaurant I go to here. He goes, and this is the best I've ever had. In fact, it's so good. When I'm done eating it, I'm going to walk into the kitchen and kill the cook because that's what I do here. I keep the balance. But yeah, that that red pork dish that he's eating, uh-huh. Robert Rodriguez does a whole video with him in his kitchen showing you how to make that dish. It was probably like El, El Pastor. Yeah, it's something like that. It's mm-hmm. not. It's called something really fancy. Though. I can't remember what it's called because mm-hmm. I know El Pastor. Right. But yeah, it's really, really cool. And you got to like wrap the pork in banana leaves. He goes, you don't really need banana leaves, but it adds to the badass factor. I'm like, oh, oh my God, that's cool. Yeah, it's really, he <laughs> seems like such a cool guy. Right. Like he has no problem sharing his secrets. He's like, this is how I did, because that's how he got into the thing. Like, right. He was just a kid that wanted to make movies and he figured out how to do it. And you got to think on a fucking, budget. He fucking pulled up Trejo. He was like, hey, you're, right. cutting, you're cutting grass. How about you, you know, cut this scene for me? Absolutely. I see what you did there. <laughs> Machete. Right. So here's an interesting fact. Um, the other guy, the guy that pulls out the knife on, um, on, Savini. on, on Tom Savini, his name is Greg Nicotero. He's the other special effects guy. They work on all the special stuff together. When we talked in the trivia about the guy uh, that traded the ear effect for this script, I think that was the guy. The guy? Yeah, it was either the guy or the guy that owned the company he worked for. I can't remember which. But yeah, it's all like intermixed. But this guy, these two guys have worked together on a ton of movies. They're like really, really good friends in real life. That's why that whole scene was so funny. So he leans back, the dick pistol comes out, (laughs) and. the guy just puts his knife away all sheepishly and walks away. And Tom Savini's like, yeah, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
then they they go back to uh, George Clooney sitting with the family, mm-hmm. and uh, he's sitting there, and he this is great because he takes a shot, and he bangs it down on the table, all pissed off, <laughs> and um, he goes, "Who's having shots with me?" And he goes, "Jacob." And he's like, "No, thank you." And then he goes, "Kate." You can have a shot. No, I can't. I'm not 21 yet. Because that means yes. And he passes it to Scott, and he's like, "No, Scott wouldn't do it." So they all do. So he walks Kate through how to do a shot. Right. And they do the shot. And just so you know, mm-hmm. that was real. When she took that shot, that face she made, that was real. Oh, nice. Because um, she had just turned 21. Like they had a big party oh, yeah, for her on the set and stuff. That. that was a real reaction to that shot, where she was like. Ugh. <laughs> So, I, so then, I know in, in um, you know, just in Hollywood in general, mm-hmm. like if, if people are drinking, if it's a dark liquor, they're drinking iced tea. And if it's, you know, um, it's either, if I'm not mistaken, it's either iced tea or apple juice. Really? Depending, depending on the uh, the person's fancy. And if I'm not mistaken, when it's a clear beverage, it's usually water. So that is their acting, you know, they're acting out. Taking is, a shot or swig of something like Ugh. really. <laughs> Ugh. Did Ugh. you uh? Did you just say apple juice? Apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I worked it in. I can't believe it. You definitely worked that in for sure. I you didn't see that coming. Uh, no, oh, I, you I can't see me. I didn't. I you know. That time was now, for sure. You, 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 so, uh, you cued that in perfect. I just did that because we are, my son and I always joke that it sounds like he's saying, Apple juice. Yeah, he did. It, it, I don't know what he says. It's I like, don't either, but we always screamed apple juice when he came out. So when you said, yeah, it's apple juice, I couldn't read I was like, oh, this is my time. It's my, time my time is now. It's now. You can't see me. My time is it's now. now. We're heavy, heavy WWE on this episode. Yeah, That's and, and look, and you know what's cool about WWE? What's so. That? You know the Attitude Era right, is the best, right. like fucking ever. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I'm like. If you smell, that's the Rock. With the Rock, I know. I was switching it's it cooking. up. It's cooking. It's Jabroni. Cooking. Jabroni. He said. Uh, so, um, Stone Cold actually passed the torch to John Cena. Yeah, he did. Unfortunately. Which is no, I think that's bad. I don't like John Cena. Anyway, I think that's badass because you know that's showing that look you have. You have the lane now, right? And yeah, I get it. I, get I can it. I can appreciate that. That he, you know, at the at the time he was fucking consistent as hell, right? I thought Randy Orton would have been the guy. Yeah, he had too many personal issues, right? I just hate John Cena in the five moves of doom, what and what that means is he's only got five moves that he does over and over again. He's he's an uninteresting wrestler. Gotcha. But it's smart from a business standpoint because it keeps him from getting injured. Makes sense. He didn't have a lot of injuries in his career because of that. Right. But it, it makes for a boring match. Look, and I, I just, I, I hated the fact that he was like Hulk Hogan. He could never lose. And it, it, it sucks when I'm watching a match and, oh, John Cena's coming out. I know what's going to happen. I might as well go to the bathroom. He's going to win. He's going to shit kicked out of him for 20 minutes. And then he's going to come Celebrity back and win. Celebrity deathmatch type shit. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, but I do, I, it's sad because as he's gone more and more, I'm starting to appreciate him more and more. Uh-huh. But I love throwing the John Cena thing in just because it's funny. But um, You would think you were a fan. I'm not really a John Cena fan. No. I can't see it. My top, I, I can't see it. My top three wrestlers <laughs> of all time are Diamond Dallas Page, Scott Hall, and The Undertaker. Oh, shit. Big Papa Pump. Huh? No, that's, uh, no, that's Scott, Scott Steiner. Steiner. So, so Scott Hall, Holla, if you hear me, your big booty daddy, your big booty daddy. 
Did you ever hear the Steiner math thing? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh my god. I might have to find that and play it for you at some point. Wow. But he does this whole yeah. Scott Hall. So Scott Hall is Razor Ramon. There we go. He was Razor Ramon. There we go. Yeah. I'm like as soon as as soon as I said his name, I could picture his face. Right. He fucking had like he had like the white guy Jerry Curl. <laughs> yeah, he did. Wow, we uh, jumped down a rabbit N- hole look, on that one. You NWO know? and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. For life. You know what we might have Hell to cover? Yeah. I might have to dig up uh No Holds Barred. Oh, Remember that movie? Yeah. Zeus. Hell yeah. It's my bike. So look, <laughs> the cool thing is, uh like one of my favorite fucking movies, I know we're back on wrestling. Yeah, right. Is the fucking wrestler. Oh yeah, with like, um, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Yo, that's a good movie. Yo, it's a great fucking. There's a movie. lot of wrestlers in that movie too, and like it, real wrestlers. And it shows just the. It Dude, shows they, everything. They pretty much could have called that the Jake the Snake story. Yeah, like seriously. Yeah, for sure, for sure. For that's sure. a great movie. That like, is a really good movie. I think that's probably so. Mickey Rourke has been, you know, I think outside of that, like most people know him for either being a really, 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 really bad fucking druggie or right. from fucking. Um, Please say Harley uh, Davidson, the Marlboro Man. No, I no. was gonna say, fucking um, Expendables. No, fuck no. Raging Bull. No, no that no, that was, that was De, Niro. De Niro. Sorry, um, no. was he in a boxing movie? That, it's um, damn it. Is that what, what you're talking about? The boxing movie? He no, was in? no? It's, uh, I was gonna say the Spirit, but it's not the Spirit. It's um, fuck. Uh, I have no Sin clue. City. Oh, Sin he's, City. He's Marv. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't think about him when I hear. When I hear his name, I automatically think Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man, because gotcha. I love that movie. It's funny because uh, here we go into my life. Here um, we go for walks every night. Ro and I uh-huh. take a walk every night, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. It was just last night too. Okay, uh, for some reason I don't even. We weren't talking about this movie. I looked over and I went, "God damn it, Harley, you shot me!" <laughs> and she, and this is why I love her. She knew exactly what I was talking about. She's like, "I love." movie and i was like that's why i'm here baby look that look that's why i am the peanut butter to your jelly that's right <laughs> god damn it harley you shot me <laughs> don johnson if you guys have not seen harley davis with marlboro man we're gonna cover it because i have it I'm, I'm, i have so it on vhs it. and we so, are gonna do it I'm so with it i'm gonna be fucking three digits in on that shit Woo, knuckle deep bitch this is why I don't drink <laughs> while I do a podcast. No, this is no. To be honest, <laughs> this shit is fucking great. Anyway. Like I feel like it got us all loosey goosey. Right, yeah. and I'm not. And for clearly, this you know one fucking Corona. We're not right. like. Well, you got to remember, I haven't drank. Look, I, I have I'm not, not had a, a drink in almost two years. I'm not a big drinker. So either. yeah, I'm a lightweight now. At my, all. I tell you, when I used to party, man, I used to down two, four locos. That was my pregame. Damn, and that was before they redid the Yeah, the fucking, so years ago. So you were fucked up, fucked up. Yeah, I, I had to pregame, so I, I always wanted to be tore up by the time I got to the party. Shit. So anyway, the guys in this bar tore up. Look, look, from they're head getting, to toe. They're getting lab dances, <laughs> and they're about to get tore up for real, for real. For sure. So George Clooney just did a shot with Kate. Right. And he goes, round two, who's up? And then, no, no, nobody wants it. He's like, no. Because I am not drinking alone. And so he gets Scott and Kate in it now, and then he tells Jake, uh, he does the shots again, and he slams the thing down on the table. Bam! 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 And Jacob's like, what's wrong with you? And he goes, I'm still stewing about that monkey laying his hands on me. (laughs) And Jacob goes, are you such an idiot that you don't know when you've won? And he goes, excuse me? You just call me an idiot? You just call me an idiot? He goes, he goes, say that again? He goes, are you such an idiot that you don't know when you've won? He goes, just call me an idiot? He goes, no. And I love that. Here we go. The preacher again. 
I didn't make a statement. I asked a question. Are you such an idiot? <laughs> he goes, the entire state of Texas. I love the way he delivers this line. Mm-hmm. The entire state of Texas, even the FBI, was looking for you. The FBI. I'm about to say, he put, he put <laughs> yeah. emphasis on that. Right, I, right. Yeah. I love it. But did they find you? No. So I ask you again, are you such an idiot that you don't know when you've won? And then George Clooney, you can tell he's getting a little buzzed. He's like, Jacob, I want you to have a drink with me. And he pours him a shot. And he's like, here's to your family. He's like, and yours. And they do the shots. So right about that time. Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't call him an idiot. He called him a loser. A Are you loser. such a fucking loser? Such a loser. Okay. Not an idiot. I'm sorry. I fucked that up. No, no, no. Because it, loser. It, it felt, you know, like L7 weenie loser. Right. You know? I was thinking. He's got a badass. I was thinking of Beck. Oh. I'm a loser, baby. <laughs> so why don't you kill me? <laughs> so now we get to the scene in this movie that everyone knows. Hell yeah. Uh, satanical pandemonium <laughs> comes out. Danny Trejo does this big introduction. He's like, Lowly dog! Bow! <laughs> to <Bow>. satanical! Pandemonium! <laughs> she comes out of that Yo, guitar. You do, you, do, you do a pretty good Trejo. Like, dude, I've watched this movie 150 times. Do a fucking literally. good Trejo. Thank you. So, you probably make then, tacos like him, too. <laughs> no, dude, I make... Uh-uh. I make bomb... <laughs> I will have you know, I make bomb-ass tacos. But I'm going to hold you to that. My you guys, mom, okay, you guys let me, hear him right now. Let me now. tell you something about my mom. My you guys mom, hear him right now. He's, he's talking about tacos, and I'm dude, like... Not only tacos, enchiladas, Spanish rice. Okay. I will tell you this. My rice is so good. Uh I'm talking like George Clooney. Right. My rice is so good. So good. Uh Uh-huh. People request it. Like, if I'm coming over to eat, like, can you bring some of that Spanish rice with you? Damn. I got a secret ingredient. Oh. And I'm going to be like Robert Rodriguez right now. I will let you know what it is. Love. It's called uh, Jasper Juice. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. (laughs) Anyway, no, it's uh, nopalitos. Mm. Nopalitos is pickled cactus. Mm. I put some pickled cactus in there, a little bit of the pickled cactus juice uh-huh. with the Spanish rice. It's fucking beautiful. It's so good. I'm gonna, look, had, look, look, I'm going to this. I've had Hispanics be like, can you bring that Spanish rice over? I'm like, damn, okay, damn yeah. I must be doing something right? like shit. Well, my mom, my whole mom's side of the family, mm-hmm. um, fucking... Southern California. Gotcha. Mexican. Gotcha. I have I have cousins that are like hardcore OG gang members. Damn. Like that's my mom's side. I'm I'm Hispanic on my mom's side, Irish and Scottish on my dad's side. So I have alcoholism in my DNA. Look, it is you, you were there. <laughs> but yeah, I learned how to cook all that shit nice. growing up. So I can make bomb ass enchiladas, tacos, Spanish rice. I can refry my own beans. Damn. Dude, yeah. The only thing I'm working on now is I'm trying to perfect some salsa because my mom never made salsa, so I'm trying to teach myself how to do it. Nice. And um, I'm my only problem, I can make really good salsa, but I've got way too much heat. I've got to dial the heat back because I like hot. Nice. My mom used to make me eat salsa and chilies when I was a kid mm-hmm. to get me used to it, and it would burn my mouth. Now I can eat the hottest. You hand me a ghost pepper. I don't give a fuck. I'll eat that shit. Damn. I trip people out all the time because they always try to give me stuff because I say that and I'm like, okay, so okay, there's, what, there's what next? This shit called uh, like I can't remember what it's called, but it's the the capsaicin. It's uh-huh. it's fucking like hot. Really? I think it's called like the devil's anus or something. Like that. <coughs> oh my, I ain't eating the devil's anus. And, I'm, um, I'm just saying. So my friend, he's a cook, so he gives me a little bit right on the tip of a fucking toothpick. Uh huh. 
I almost threw up. Really? Like, I'm sweating really bad. I mean, like, profusely. Like, it was hot. Like, I was I'll tell fucked you this. up. Bring me something hot. I will eat it on the podcast. Oh, Let's, we'll make shit. that a challenge. You can All keep right. bringing me shit until All I'm right, like, look. I'm done. I, I tap out on this one. I'm, we'll like, find out. I'm going to fucking do it. Give me something. I'm, look, I'm going to see what, I'm going to talk to him. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, on the <laughs> 700 Taste Podcast, the Jasperino Hot Challenge. He ain't scared, you ain't scared of no Corona. The muy caliente. <laughs> mucho, mucho. Have I ever, um, uh, oh, I haven't done my sexy Spanish voice for you yet, huh? No, you haven't. There's a legend of a man oh. who can eat anything that is hot. They call him. El Jasperino is Spanish for the Jasperino. Uh, you would think Jasperino was Spanish, but it's not. It's, it's just, not. It's I made Jasper that shit up. And Nino on the N- end. Nino. <laughs> Eno. Like I and O, motherfucker. No, I said Nino, like Brown. Oh, I get you. <laughs> you find me on Facebook that. under Jasperino Esperanza. Esperanza. His name is Jasperino Esperanza. Just so you guys know, he is. Half Mexican. I am, so I can get away with it. Yeah, bitches. That's right. I can talk about white people because I'm Yeah. Anyway, so some, let's get back to Sama Hayek. Let's yeah, get so, back to so, the important so, shit. So, look, very, very important. That guitar comes in. Here comes Sama Hayek, and she got a big-ass snake on her. Big-ass snake. Can we just talk about psychology here for a minute? Let's hear it. When you think about a snake, that's... Obviously, a phallic symbol. Right. And she's wrapped in that shit. Right. So, I don't think this was her first movie. It's a mind fuck for sure. But I know it's the first movie I remember seeing her in. And for years, I referred to her as the hot Mexican chick from, from Dust Till Dawn. Like, I didn't even know her name. I was like, oh, that's not a hot Mexican chick from, from Dust Till Dawn. Right. Oh, my God. Right. I can't stand up right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dude. Right. I don't care. She's still hot to this day. She's hot as a she motherfucker. She is still. I watched bang. Grown Ups recently, oh and it was gosh. like, "Oh, Adam Sandler got to kiss her." Oh, oh my god, lucky fucker! Did you see uh, Fools Rush In? Yes, of course. That's the first movie I thought you of. You know what? That's, that's filmed here. That movie pisses in Tucson. Yeah, yeah. That movie's filmed here with Matthew Perry, right? That movie pisses me off because all that ungrateful motherfucker does through that whole movie is bitch, moan, yep. and complain. About being on Salma Hayek. I'm like, look, that's... Bitch, what is wrong with you? Fucking, you know, Chandler. Yeah, you're Come Chandler on. fucking Bing. Chandler Bing, goddammit. And then that part where he came home and they had totally redone the house, like all I'll Mexican stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, what is his problem? Yeah. That house looks badass. Dude, man the fuck up. Go out hunting with her family. Get to know them. Learn Spanish. Right. You, bitch. Get, to, you get delayed next yeah. to this every right? night? That movie pissed me off. I'm yeah. like, dude, you knocked up some goddamn hunk. <laughs> it's fucking white privilege right there. Okay? Right? That is white privilege. To the max. Like, come on. I wish I had a dinger or something. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> you got you to gotta throw down your shot glass. Thing. I want to get, like get like a sampler that I can hook up to the board. That has little buttons that just do certain <laughs> things, <laughs> so I can just hit them. Because I like to have a laugh track Hell and yeah. an applause track, and like a <laughs> like a buzzer. Like that's that'd be my Matthew Perry. <laughs> you got that one wrong. So Salma Hayek comes out and she does this dance. Oh my gosh! And if you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, I I can't words can't describe it. This is all it's all off the cuff too. So she comes over. Mm-hmm. And she zeroes in on Richie. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to this in a little bit. Yeah. She zeroes in on Richie. She comes over. She puts her foot in Richie's mouth. Mm. 
and pours a beer mm. down her leg. It trickles down her leg, off her foot, into Richie's mouth. Then she rolls her toes around in his mouth and shoves him back against the seat. Then she takes a big swig of the beer, bends down to Richie's face, whose mouth is still open, agape in awe at Salma Hayek, and dribbles the beer out of her mouth into Richie's mouth. I just need to pause for a minute because goddamn I can't stand up right now. You know, if you were going to get killed by a vampire, <laughs> there are worse ways for things to happen to you beforehand right. than that. Right. You know, if somebody told me, like, okay, you're going to get killed by a vampire. Right. But she's gonna here's what's going to happen you. before she uh-huh. kills. Uh, you know what? I'm a, you know what? I think I'll be all right. And, 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 and I've had a full life. Right. I've done a lot of things. Like, right. you know, uh, can, can we just... I need that in my eulogy that all this happened right before I Look, died. Look, that and, and you got to think up to this point, I'm usually doing this to people. Right. Now, this, because he's a predator. So this is moment. important mm-hmm. that she zeroed on on Richie. Yeah. And we're going to talk about vampiric powers and things like that because okay. they, they don't really come out and talk about it a lot, uh-huh. but they allude to a lot of things. Richie being a predator, she zeroed in on him. She yep. read him like a book. She knew he was a sexual deviant uh-huh. because he was giving off the vibe. Right. And as a vampire, I think they were very, very like in tune with that. Right. And we're going to talk about some other shit later that's going to blow your mind that I read into into this movie that if you just watch this as a shoot 'em up vampire horror flick and you missed all this deep shit, you're going to want to go back and watch it and be like, holy, holy shit. shit. It, right? Look, 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 pun intended. All these fucking Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> All these bunnies and shit. So after the dance, um, she gets up and she starts dancing. She's swinging her head around and her hips around and everything around. And everybody's just shit's falling out of people's mouths. And, you know, uh, Juliet Lewis looks hella uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> so the dance is over. And uh, that was a beer burp, ladies Look, and gentlemen. I had to, I had to, I had to kind of move them out the way That's okay. From... Yeah, right in the microphone. I what had you to move see that is one. what you get Look. with the 700 Tapes podcast. <laughs> it's Easter Sunday, goddammit. Damn right. So, uh, when George. Did she, Co- when did she look at his hand? Did we that, did we No, no. Part? That okay. hasn't happened yet. We're okay. getting to that. That's the important part. Gotcha. George Clooney starts clapping. He goes, That's what I call a fucking show. I'm like, Me too, Seth. Me too. You're goddamn right. So he looks and he sees Cheech come in the door. Oh, yeah. He comes in And pissed. he's rounding up the troops. Yep. And he looks at Richie. And this shows a lot about the professionalism of these guys, too. He looks at Richie. He goes, Richie, get back on the clock. Get back on the <laughs> Not get black. Get back on the clock. And Richie doesn't even turn around. He goes, how many? He goes, three. And Richie's got his gun out already. Mm-hmm. He's ready to go. So it's Danny Trejo, Cheech, and the fat guy that right. he had had the run in with earlier. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Which one was it? He goes, That yeah. one right there. He broke my fucking nose. He broke my fucking nose. And my jar, or whatever. And he's like, And then he hits Quentin Tarantino on the back. He goes, And this pendejo kicked me while I was down. Because <laughs> that's like a big, like, You're a pussy. You know, he kicked right. me while I was down, you motherfucker. Right. So, um,. George Clooney stands out, and he first guy he shoots is the uh, fat guy because he already had it in for him. Bam, bam, bam. I can't believe that guy fucking touched me. Right. So then Quentin Tarantino stabs Danny Trejo, and um, Cheech Marin, they, and, uh, oh, he stabs, he jumps up, 
Danny Trejo stabs him in his then, fucked up hand. There we go. That's, he stabs him in his in fucked the, up in hand. The, in the table. Yeah. And he pulls the knife out and jumps on Trejo and just starts stabbing the shit out of him. I hate your tacos. I'd wait in line. There's valet service. What's wrong with you? Oh, sorry. And um, so they're dead. And then Cheech Marin starts laughing. And George Clooney looks at him and he's like, I think it's funny. And then he's, he's like, <laughs> eh. and then they do that whole Pulp Fiction double shot, Quentin Tarantino shot. Right. Where they both just riddle him with bullets. Fucking. And then everybody's freaking out. And George Clooney's like about to take the bar hostage. He's like, uh, everybody be cool or you will be just as dead as these fucks. And I made a note on my notes here that says all hell is about to break loose. Oh. Much like I did on uh, uh, Mars Attacks. Right. All hell is about to break loose. <laughs> so here's something important. Selma Hayek looks over. Well, first, um, Jacob notices because after he stabs Trejo, he stabs the knife back into the table. Uh-huh. And Jacob and Kate are hiding behind the table. And he looks and Jacob sees the blood on the knife is green. It's green. And he's like, what the fuck? So right about that time, they've got guns and everybody. Set, uh, Richie's holding up his hand, and uh-huh. it's bleeding like a fucking sieve. It's just dripping. dripping. Salma Hayek's still standing on the table. She looks at his hand. What do we hear? That same oh, deep that bling, bling, bling. sound. Yep. That same deep that resonating, that resonating sound that, that Richie gets when he looks at a woman. Uh-huh. That predator sound. Uh-huh. Very much drawing... The Comparison. parallel between mm-hmm. his sexual deviancy and the vampire's lust for blood. Right. This is important. If you're into vampire lore at all, you understand that vampires from the very beginning were a metaphor for sex. Yeah. From Bram Stoker all the way to whatever. Yo, Bram Stoker's fucking Dracula. Right. One of my it's a, favorite. It's a metaphor for sex. This is a deep moment here. When she sees that blood and you hear that same sound, there's a connection there. That's why she knew Richie was the way he was. And she is craving that blood Mm -hmm. with the same kind of uncontrolled lust that he feels when he sees a woman that he's going to victimize. Yep. Same thing. It's an addiction. Yeah, for sure. So. And it's it's dope that we could even make that parallel. Because, again, this is just a shoot them up vampire story. Yes. That we have now broken down. But there's so much deep shit in it. Yeah, there's so much psychology-based stuff that we can base in the psychology. Yes. You know, we can say this is what's happening. That And and it gives you more, you know, an in-depth look into a person. Even even because it's speculation but i guarantee if we had a conversation with robert rodriguez and, and tarantino they would be like you you guys are fucking <laughs> you know on it like that is right. what that is because yeah like i said Tarantino's scripts are very very meticulous everything is there for a reason down to the clothes people are wearing it's crazy right so Sama hayek sees the blood and she vamps out she turns into the big cobra <laughs> right bald head bitch. and she jumps on richie's back and just starts biting the shit out of his neck and uh, George Clooney's freaking out, and um, she kills Richie, and he shoots her, and then he gets down, and he's like, "What happened?" And, and you know, he's like holding Richie, and Richie's like, oh, he's spitting butt, <laughs> fucking bitch, <laughs> and then he dies. Right. George Clooney's beside himself. He's like, "What the hell just happened?" All of a sudden, Trejo. 
Trejo sits up, Fat Guy sits up, mm-hmm. Cheech Marin sits up, and they're fucking, fucking vampires. vampires. Leo Trejo's face—he was aggressive Dude, as shit. I'd have shit myself. Yeah, with that big ass, big ass oh Mexican. Oh my god! Oh shit! So, Woo. I'm half all, Mexican, by the way. I can say that. Oh uh, yeah, right. Hey, we got a whole Mexican between us. Yes, we do. That works out pretty good. Yes, we do. So, um, all of a sudden, everybody starts vamping out. There's a vampire on the table above uh, uh, Tom Savini. I'm about to say Savini. And the band. he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he opens up the gun and shoots her. And then the girl at the door, this part is so cool, slams the big wooden thing across the door to lock it. And she goes, dinner is served. <laughs> and she vamps out. And oh, then everybody vamps out at that point and starts just. Tito and the Tarantulas. Right. Oh, my God. He's got that fucking guitar that's a a, that's a torso. Uh-huh. And it's so and they're jamming. ridiculous. They're jamming I know. The they're playing out. the whole time. So the band's playing, and there's a lot of cool kills here. And um, all the truckers are freaking out. The bikers are freaking out. Because all of a sudden, this chick they were getting a lap dance from was like... <laughs> right. You know, and the, everybody's getting fucked up and killed, and there's just utter chaos. I remember sitting in the movie theater, like popcorn falling out of my mouth, like, holy, holy fuck, this is crazy. This is absolute chaos. I love it. You know, the transition it, and it's quick. Uh, yeah, it is quick. Yeah. You go from a boner to like, holy shit. Right? <laughs> and they're jumping around and they're jumping on people and ripping people's arms off and shit. So then um, the family ducks behind the bar. Uh-huh. They're hiding back there. And then. All of a sudden, Cheech Marin's on the bar, and, and Kate's right there, and he's all, ah, and he goes, you know what they say about me, right? I suck. I suck. <laughs> and Kate, for whatever reason, has the wherewithal to tear the cross off of her necklace and shove it in his mouth, mm-hmm. which causes his face to melt and his eyeballs to explode, very Indiana Jones style. Right. And his eyeballs explode all over, and she's like, oh, gross. <laughs> So she um, was such a southern belle, right? So then, um, um, I think it's uh, is it Tom Savini or uh, the black dude that is he gets he turns the table upside down? I think it so was it's, it's Fred Fred Williamson yeah. turns the table upside down because wasn't he playing cards? or yeah, something? Yeah, he dominoes. There we go. And he's body slamming the chicks onto the table legs, and he's got like <laughs> he's got <laughs> yeah, and he's got one on each leg, and then he makes that face because. <laughs> All right, we're gonna pause here real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I feel like I'm talking a lot of shit in this episode. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. But unlike Danny Trejo, that I felt horrible about talking shit about his taco place. Oh no, did did Fred Williamson have like a? Soul I have food no restaurant? problem talking shit about Fred Williamson because he is a horrible human being. Oh no, no apologies, no nothing. I have done a lot of shows. I've done a lot of cons. I've done Comic Con, International Horror, Sci Fi, Rapture, you name it. Mad Monster. If it's come through this town. I vended there. Nice. Selling shirts. Nice. I've met a lot of celebrities in my time. Nice. I would easily say 98% of the celebrities you meet are the coolest people you will ever talk to. Nice. Um, Howard Sherman, the guy that played Bub in um, in, um, um, Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. Awesome dude. Sat and talked to him for a long time. I was best friends with Honky Tonk Man at one at one <laughs> at one show. I couldn't get away from him. He wanted me at his table. I hung out with him. I he had to wear his Intercontinental title belt. It was crazy. That's it was badass. Awesome. Yeah, I met a lot of people, and they've all been really cool. 
one of the coolest people I've ever had any interactions with, uh-huh. and I hope you hear this eventually because I love you, Tiffany Sheppis. Okay. You may not know who Tiffany Sheppis is. She's been a lot of uh, kind of B movies. She's a B movie. I don't know if you want to call her a B movie actress, but she was in the remake of Night of the Demons. Okay. Um, she's been a lot of uh, Nightmare Man is probably her best movie. Nightmare Man. Hands down her best movie. She's the final girl in that movie. It's really good. Tiffany oh, nice. Sheppis, you're a class act and you're amazing. I don't give a fuck what Fred Williamson says about you. Damn. So here's what happened. All right. I think it was Rapture. First off, when these celebrities come in, they're uh-huh. given handlers, people that work these shows, right. assign people to them right. to bring them water, right. to get them what they need. Right. It, he needs a break. Let's cut the line. I'm going to take him to a break so he can use the bathroom, get somebody to eat their people. Right. They need that shit. Right. They're also, depending on the show, very, very good to their guests. Gotcha. You get a gift basket with stuff in it. Like you get stuff for showing up there to right. be a celebrity, you know, because right. they're, th- they're telling you, thank you for coming here and bringing people in c- and making this show a success because that's how they make their money. Right. People come to meet the celebrities they want to see. Right. Most of the celebrities understand that. Without us, you ain't shit. Right. Um, um, Heather Langenkamp, the girl that played Nancy on Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. The nicest person I've ever met in my life. She is so freaking cool. She remembered me oh. from another show. I couldn't believe that. That's badass. She's like, oh yeah, you were selling shirts a couple of years ago. I'm like, are you serious? Really? Like, All the yeah, she's so nice. Fred Williamson, on the other hand, uh-huh. he was rude to his handlers. If you weren't a young girl, he oh. was a dick to you. He was a total dick to you. Because I had another friend who's an older lady. She's not a young lady. She's an older lady. She's a mom. She's a grandma. Right. Rude as fuck to her, too. If you weren't a young, pretty girl, he was a dick to you. Damn. So I had an event poster. Uh-huh. And I had a pretty good rapport with most people at most of the shows that I do. And I just wanted my event poster signed and uh, by the people that were on it. And right. everyone that was there signed that poster but him. Damn. Everybody was cool about it. I'm like, hey, I'm a vendor. Can I just get an autograph real quick on this poster? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, absolutely. I get to him. He goes, I don't do nothing for free. And then he he gives me the, the you know, I was like, oh, I'm a vendor. I've been working all I don't care. I'm working too. I'm here doing this, blah, blah, blah. And he was really, really a dick. And Tiffany Sheppis was sitting next to him. Mm-hmm. I talked to her at a... A lot of shows. We've done a lot of the same shows together. Gotcha. I don't even know if she would remember me by name, but if she saw my face, she would know me. Right, right, right. <clears throat> I've given her T-shirts and things like that, and we've talked a lot. She lives. She's local. She lives here in town. Nice. Well, not here in town where I'm at, but here right. in town probably where you're at. Right. Because um, I'm in the outlands. I was of outlands. Deserts of Arizona. But um, Tiffany Shep has heard what was going on, mm-hmm. and she was she got upset too by how rude he was being, and she goes. I signed his poster for him, and he goes, well, you may be cheap, but I'm not. And I was like, excuse me? I was like, you know what? Never mind. I don't want your autograph anyway. And I looked at her, and I was like, I apologize, Tiffany. I am so sorry. And when he left, he pretty much dumped out his gift basket that they gave him. He didn't use any of it. He just kind of dumped it over. He left trash everywhere, water bottles, wrappers, didn't bother cleaning anything up. He was rude to the handlers, rude to everybody. Yeah, and he was embarrassed that he did a horror movie. He was like, I'm not a horror movie actor. I'm an action film actor. 
blah, blah, from all the shitty exploitation films I did in the 70s, pretty much. Right. And that's not to say 70s exploitation films are shitty, because I love them. No, but, but... fuck you. No, like, like, don't get me wrong. Fucking, uh, there was definitely... He's had some good roles. Yeah. He's done some good movies. But that was fucking the 70s. But he ruined me. He, he ruined himself for me yeah. from that point on. I have no problem talking shit about him and saying what a dirty piece of shit he really is. Right. And if you're a fan, I apologize. You didn't have the experience I did. Mean-spirited, greedy, so, just surly, absolutely unnecessarily mean person. crotchety person. Like, so anyway, I'm trying to cover him as little as possible in this movie because this is one of my favorite movies, and I was not going to let him ruin it for me. <laughs> so anyway. Soapbox over. Yeah. This public service announcement has been brought to you by the 700 Tapes Podcast and Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Anyway, <laughs> so he used the four table legs. He kills them. And then um, he Sama Hayek pops up. Right. And he goes to shoot her again, but he's out of bullets. And she starts charging him. And he does the greatest thing ever. He squares up and turns his head slightly to take the hit he knows is coming and she decks him in the jaw and sends him flying across the room. <laughs> so then they cut to Tom Savini and he's he's killing chicks and then he looks doesn't, over because doesn't he have the fucking blade or whatever? Doesn't yeah, he have he's like got little, the whip. He's using a whip and didn't he, he didn't he have like a little fucking No fuck. What did he I know he had a whip for sure. He's he's using a whip. Well he looks over and Danny Trejo sees him. And Danny Trejo's like busy like ripping the arm off a guy. And he looks over. He's like, ah. And Tom Savini's like, yeah, come, come on, on, bitch. Come on, come yeah. on. So Danny Trejo is on a, on a fucking pool table. Flies across the goddamn room. Lands on another pool table. Tom Savini wraps the whip around his legs and pulls his legs out from under him. And he runs up. And he grabs a, pu- a pool, cue, pool cue, breaks it over his chest. And it's funny because uh, Danny Trejo, when he hooks his legs, he makes this really weird sound. He hooks his feet. And he looks down. And he goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then he whips it. And so he, he breaks the pool cue over his chest and then stakes Steak. him with the broken pool cue. Steak and Danny Trejo's down. He melts. <sighs> and then you start realizing these aren't like, uh, these aren't Paul Rubens vampires from... Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the right. movie, where he's like, ah, ah, ah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And then after they roll the credits, he's still laying there. Ah. No, these vampires are very, very messy. Oh, they're, they're fucking. This. It really reminds me of my favorite movie, The Lost Boys. Yeah, for and sure. I got to reference it. For sure. Where Corey Feldman said, no two vampires will go out the same way. Some will go quietly. Some will scream. Some will explode. Some will implode. Some will explode. But all will try to take you with them. I love it. Oh, I can't wait till we do the Lost Boys. That it's was probably be so his great. only good fucking. Film. No, it's not. Corey Feldman. What? Else? What's another good one? Dream a little dream. License to drive. Um, there's a lot more. Oh, Stand by me. Okay, stand by me. Okay. Uh, Goonies. Come well, on, I'll man. I forgot Goonies. The yes. Felds. Yes. The Felds. Truffle, shuffle. <laughs> well, he wasn't that I know that he kid, doesn't. Yeah. I know. But he look, was any, mouth. Anytime, like, anytime I hear fucking Goonies, it's, hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. And then Truffle Shuffle. Right. Like, that is, you know. The best part of that movie, not to digress into that, but 
when he's crying and he's confessing all his sins, when Chunk's like, oh, I'm sorry, and I made a noise like I was puking, and I poured it over the side, and then everybody started puking, because he thought they were going to put his hand in the blender. Right. Sorry. That's Goonies. We are going to cover that, too. I have yeah. that in a clamshell. It's a big... It's right next to you, right there. Goonies. Oh, yeah. Goonies never say die, bitches. So, um, Danny Trejo's dad, he melts. So, you realize... These vampires all go very messily. Is that a word? They're very, very yes, messy when they die. So, um, so then, yeah. So um, he's done. So then um, we go back to George Clooney and Salma Hayek, and mm-hmm. she, oh my god, and she puts her foot on him, and she's like, "I'm not going to drain you completely. I'm going to keep you as my slave." You will be my dog. And at my command, you will lick the dog shit off my boot heel. And I'm sitting in the theaters going, that doesn't sound like a bad deal to me. Like, <laughs> Is it actual dog shit? Oh, my God. Like, she's like, since you will be my dog, I will name you Spot. And then they, then they cut back to her, and she's the demon cobra thing again. And she right. goes, welcome to slavery. And all I'm hearing in my head is Nine Inch Nails. I found you can find happiness in slavery. It's off the broken Brunch. album if you're if you're in, interested. And George Clooney does the classic line because he's loading his gun the whole time she's talking. He's, he's like, reloading his gun. Already done slavery. And he goes, "No thanks. I already had a wife." <laughs> and he shoots the chandelier above her, which falls on her. Which, to this day, I do not understand why that chandelier killed her. Because it was not metal. Maybe it was silver. I don't know. But But as we find out later, silver doesn't matter. Right. But it kills her. And she melts. And I'm very sad. And I'm like, oh, poor satanical pandemonium. I'd have been your dog slave. Anyway. So so he kills Salma Hayek. And then they go on another kind of killing spree. And he kind of joins back up with Jacob and Fred Williamson and Sex Machine. And they kind of realize they each, they kind of unspokenly realize these other guys know what they're doing too. So we're going to stick together. That and we're the only undead. In right, this right. We're, the, we're pretty much the only ones left. And then they kind of have a standoff with those other four girl vampires. Mm-hmm. And they go up and they kill them. And then the fat guy comes back. And he's like breaking people's necks and running through everybody. And George Clooney looks at Jacob. He goes, we may be in trouble. (laughs) So then Fred Williamson steps in. He's like, hey, monkey man, anything you've got to say to them, you can say to me first. So he rushes him and he punches him and he pulls his heart out. I'm about to say he he almost punches right through him. Right. And he's looking at the heart beating in his hand. He's like, ugh. And then Sex Machine comes over and picks up the pencil and stabs the heart, and he falls over, and he's dead. And it was kind of funny. So um, he stabs the heart with a pencil, and he dies. So then um, that's when they have the showdown with the vamp girls. That happens after that. Gotcha. So it's funny because it's very, like, tombstone Right. There's four of them on one side, four of them on the other. And they're kind of, they Mexican walk up. standoff. That's exactly how they walk up to each other. <laughs> they, do, they do a side shot where they're facing each other. 
and then they kind of they wipe those girls out and the i like because they show the camera down on the one and she's like shaking her head no like no no and they kill him and then um and all this time guess who's still playing the band (laughs) so right after they kill those girls tom savini looks over and he goes now let's kill that fucking band and they're like yeah because they're all irritated so then the band this is the best part the band goes fuck you ladies and gentlemen good night and he flips them off and there's just an explosion and the band's not there anymore and they do a slow motion of that guitar falling and like jiggling all over the place and it's really cool. So then the band is gone. So then George Clooney's got a moment. Now it's kind of quieted down a little bit. He's clearing all the body parts away, and Richie's laying there dead. Right. And he's telling the whole thing to. He's like, "I'm sorry, Richie. I love you." And then Richie opens his eyes. He goes, "Love you too, sir." <laughs> and he vamps out. And it's so weird, like. He looks like Frankenstein's monster. Yes. I don't understand why, other than maybe it had something to do with his mental sickness. I don't know. But he, he had, he, he, like, he, yeah, he was all, yeah. His vampire makeup was ridiculous. And, and the then, big head. Yeah, <laughs> big giant ass head. And then they show him again, and he's only got the funny eyes and, like, the teeth. And he looks just like that dude from, um, I always thought this, he looks just like that dude from, um, What's the name of that show? Uh, crap. The plastic surgery show. What? On FX. Nip Tuck. Nip Tuck. He looks like the dude from oh, Nip Tuck. Oh, he does. Doesn't he? And that's he looks dude. like Christian from Nip Tuck. And that's the dude. He's on He's on Day of the, uh, Dawn of the Dead, right? Is no. It? He was on Charmed. He played Cole on Charmed, who was oh, a demon. Who yes. was in love with Alyssa Milano. Yes. Because I, bi- I was all about look, that big. show, too. Yeah. Dude, the 90s and early 2000s TV was awesome for me. You had Buffy, Charmed, uh, 24, The X-Files was coming to an end, but I was still watching it. Mm -hmm. But, man, 24 and The X-Files, I wouldn't even answer the phone when those shows were on. That's how long ago this was. We had landlines. What what about about Sabrina the Teenage Witch? I used to watch that. (laughs) I wasn't as big a fan of that. I was just talking shit, but I liked liked it. Salem. Yeah, Salem. The cat, he'd always, he'd go, (laughs) And then, uh, you sounded just like him, too. I I watched it. And then what's his name from, um, Penn. Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. Yeah, Penn was, um. Oh, that's right. He he was was the the warlock. warlock. Mm -hmm. Dude, I'm not even gonna lie. Okay, here's some. Magic moments with Jasperino on the 700 Tapes podcast. Confession time. Forgive me, Father, I have sinned. It's been two weeks since my last podcast. <laughs> I had the biggest crush on Caroline Ray. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah, look, look. Caroline fucking Ray. Look. I, she did something for me. I, I can't explain it. I can't explain Do you know who I'm, you know who I'm talking about, right? The, the other aunt. The, uh, the look, skinny the, aunt. No, the, no, no. The chubby the, aunt. The, the one that, the, the snarky one. Yeah, I think, it's, I think that's what it was. She yeah. was a smart ass and she was a drunk. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's my prerequisite. No, to be honest, she, like, <laughs> I don't know what it is about her either. Right? And look, I'm not even into white women. See, that's cool. I, I don't feel so bad. No, anymore. but she has. She Thank just you. has that spunk. We need to clink these bottles yeah, one more time. One more time. One more time. Like, yeah. I hope you all heard that. That's some brotherhood yeah. right there. Hell yeah, Caroline Ray, if you're listening, uh, call me. Anyway, she's always reminding me of, like Miss Frizzle from fucking. The magic school. I don't boys. want to go into that. Either. Dude, you don't know me. Stop that. How did, whoa. Okay. Did we just become podcasters? We, yeah, I know. Did we just become best friends? 
Yep. I, I had a little thing for Miss Frizzle. I ain't look, gonna lie. Look. Look that hair is no, a little messed look. up. Come on, come she had on. a big ass. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe we're come talking on. about cartoons. Cartoons. Miss Frizzle though. For shizzle. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to ride her magic school bus. Woo <laughs> shit. Just let me work on your magic school bus. Right. Damn. Uh-huh. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm totally thrown off now. So anyway, they have uh, Richie's That's a vampire. Yep. Richie's a vampire. And uh Tom Savini comes up right away. He's about to kill him. And I love this line. George Clooney goes, You touch my brother with that steak, biker. And vampires aren't going to have to suck your blood. They're going to be able to lick it up off the floor. And he goes, he's not your brother anymore. And he goes, and this is another line I used to use with my kids. That's a matter of opinion. And I don't give a fuck about yours. <laughs> there you go. So he's like, back off. And, and then Richie goes, yeah, back off. All of a sudden, he's retarded for some reason. I don't know why, because he's a vampire. He's retarded all of a sudden. Yeah, back off. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. <laughs> so he's looking at him, and then he sees him. and he's he, like, sees him, he sees him in the regular life. Yeah, and he's like, damn, you look like Christian from Nip Tuck. And that, <laughs> and that was the last straw for George Clooney. He was like, hold him down. And they grab him, and he gets the stake, and he... he He's got his gun. He's going to use his gun as the hammer. And he goes, may you find the peace and death that I could not give you in life. And he stakes the shit out of him. And he melts and only his arms are left. And sex machines all grossed out. And he drops his arms. So then George Clooney walks over to the bar. And immediately he's pouring himself a drink. Mm -hmm. And Kate comes over and she's like. Seth, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) And and I love this line. George Clooney goes, oh, yeah, everything is sunshine and roses, except my brother. I just drove a stake through my, my brother's brother. heart because he turned into a vampire. Other than that unfortunate business, I'm peachy or whatever. I'm fine, you know. And uh, she goes, I'm really sorry. He goes, Bullshit. No, you're not. He's like, if you had your way, you would have fed us to those fuckers. And and then Jacob steps in and he's like, well, why didn't we? So then um, Harvey Keitel and Jacob have their moment um, where he's like, if you're if you're with us, we need you sober, not drunk, if we're going to get through this. And then... Um, they're, they're listening and all of a sudden they go, what's that noise? And one of them's like, yeah, I was, I was wondering that earlier. And George Clooney doesn't even look. He's like, it's bats. Like he automatically knew. And they show the outside of the titty twister and there's just thousands, thousands of bats. Uh And you can only assume each one of those bats is a vampire. It's a vampire. So thank you, Brand Stoker. (laughs) <laughs> so then they're trying to bar the door. And you mean bar the bar? Yeah, they're trying to bar the bar. <laughs> they're trying to bar the door, and um, they decide that they have to stake everybody else because they're going to turn into vampires. Turn. And Kate has a guy on the floor, and she's trying to stake him, and she's like poking him on the chest, and like, yeah, I don't know what to do. And then he wakes up. Ah, she's like, ah, and she stakes him all fast. And then she looks over at Sex Machine, who just stakes somebody. And they give him the okay, or the I don't know if they were playing the circle game or what was going on, but <laughs> she gotcha, gives him bitch. the okay, and then he he she does it back, 
And then he's standing there, and this guy sits up and bites him in the arm. Great. You're like, fuck. So Sex Machine gets bit, and he kills the guy, but then decides, just like everybody else in every vampire or zombie movie you've ever seen, I'm going to hide the fact that I got bit. So he puts his... uh, he puts his jacket back on and George Clooney comes up and he goes, are we all in agreement that what we're dealing with here? Oh no. Somebody goes, does anybody know what's going on here? He goes, I know what's going on. It's a bunch of fucking vampires outside trying to get in here and suck our fucking blood. He goes, now are we all in agreement that what we're dealing with here is vampires? And I don't want to hear any of this shit. I don't believe in vampires because I don't believe in vampires. But I believe in my own eyes. And what I saw was fucking vampires. You got him, you got him like spot on. Oh, I've seen this movie 150 times. <laughs> so then they go around and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets to Jacob. Of course, Jacob cannot give you a goddamn yes or no answer. He goes, Jacob, are you clear? And he's like, I don't believe in vampires. But I believe what I saw. <laughs> Okay, then we're okay. good. And he, yeah. you can tell George Clooney's like, can you just say yes or no? Like, I'm good, or yeah, I, I believe it, or you got to throw something in, preacher. You know what I mean? Right, talking circles here. Right. So um, they're like, okay, so we're dealing with vampires. What do we know about vampires? And um, here comes all this. It's when Tom Savini's like, silver. There's something about silver, right? Like, so I, I mean, I know silver's werewolves, silver bullets, but like, I think they're silver. So, Kate goes, does anybody here have any silver? <laughs> and they all look at each other. She goes, then who cares? <laughs> and they're like, uh, good steak in the heart's been working good so far. And crosses. And like, do we have any more crosses? We can make some. And, well, and yeah. And, and, and Jacob goes, in the motorhome. So, in other words, no. And then Scott Lou, introducing Scott Lou, Scott goes, Lou. yeah, there's crosses all over the place. All you got to do is. Put two sticks together, and he does that finger motion, like making crosses with his fingers. Mm -hmm. And that always reminds me of, I don't know how familiar you are with South Park, Mm -hmm. but they had the the episode where they were parodying 300. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the joke through that whole thing was, I don't even know how two women would make love unless they did some kind of scissor thing. And they kept doing that thing where they were making like a number two on each hand and sticking them together unless they kept, <laughs> unless they did some kind of scissor thing. And every character that said it would make that motion with their hands, I always think that when Scott Lou goes, all you gotta do is put two sticks together. He's like banging his fingers together. And then Tom Savini does this really weird homoerotic thing with, uh, with Fred Williamson where he's like, yeah, and the other thing is like, their bodies are soft. Like, if you're going to drive a, a chair leg through a, a human chest, like you better be one strong motherfucker, but these aren't. He goes, the human body's... And he's patting Fred Williamson on the chest. It's really weird and, and uncomfortable. And he's like, it's tough. It's strong. It's, but their bodies are soft and mushy. <laughs> and, mushy. and it's like he's getting into it. And it's like, right. dude, calm down. Like, Do you need but a minute? I mean... <laughs> what it is is... The special effects, right? That's it. You know, yeah. that's, that's his special. Like, that's him. They're soft and mushy. <laughs> you know, that's the the fucking uh, high fructose corn syrup, right? You know, yeah, blood. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, they're like, if you punch one hard enough, you probably take his head clean off. Because remember, you know? at, at up to this point, what's the name grabbed that heart? You know. Yeah. So then, um, George Clooney. Seth says, our best weapon is right here. Yep. He goes, 
He's a preacher. He goes, as far as God's concerned, the rest of us could be pieces of shit, but he's one of the boys. Mm-hmm. He goes, the only problem is his faith isn't what it used to be. And George and uh, Jacob clocks him and knocks him on his <laughs> ass. He goes, I've had about all the sass from you that I'm going to take. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, boy. <laughs> that boy ain't right. Bobby, God damn it. God damn it, So Bobby. then George's, George Clooney gets up and he's like apologetic. He's like, I'm not, I'm not messing with you. He goes, but I need you. Right. He goes, a faceless preacher doesn't do us any good right now. A man, a mean motherfucking servant of God can bless the holy water and make it a weapon. He can take a cross and shove it up these things' asses. You know, he goes, so what are you? Are you a faceless preacher? Are you a mean motherfucking servant of God? And Harvey Keitel, he's like real quiet. And then he goes, I'm a mean mm, mm, servant of God. It's like, all right. Hey, Which you. brings us into my Christian rap career. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh my gosh, I've been waiting to hear this. So, hang on. Look, as as he chugs a beer. Thank you, Jesus. We finally got to it's this gone. moment. <laughs> Excuse me. My 20 ounce Corona is empty. I bet I probably got, you know, four ounces left. We're just making that. making a, an update on the Corona here. Yeah, the Corona. A corona update. The Corona virus. Mine is empty. The virus. Anyway, so in the late 90s, early. I, okay, so. Little back history on me. I was a Christian minister for eight years. Mm-hmm. I performed weddings, funerals. I still can. I'm still licensed yeah, by the state yeah. of Arizona. So if you guys need to get married or you need to bury somebody, I'm your guy. Contact me. Seven hundred Chase Podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> Fulfilling all your funerary and wedding needs. Damn. Probably not now because nobody's having funerals or weddings because no, social distancing. A lot, of, a lot of people having funerals. Yeah, you but know, they the can't dying, go. That's the shitty thing. The dying, you know, dying doesn't stop. Yeah, but you can't go to the funeral. Damn, social distancing. So. Anyway, I was in a rap core band, which is a, if you heard Limp Bizkit or P.O.D. or any of those bands that were out in the late 90s, early, it's a new metal sound. Uh We were pretty much P.O.D. before there was P.O.D. Pretty much, we had heavy metal and I was rapping over metal, pretty much is what it was. Kid Rock style, kind of. Oh. But so almost, so we can almost say a little Beastie Boy-ish. Uh, that is, you know, a little bit, yeah. Maybe kind of fight for your right to party kind of stuff. Right. But a little heavier. You know, I did a little singing and screaming also, but oh, mostly rapping. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, so, so if we're going to really, really kind of go into it a little bit. so Just a little. Because... Uh, I didn't know until like recently. Like uh, I, I listened to the whole Slipknot album, the first one. Oh, it's amazing! <laughs> Beautiful, amazing. I mean, like from front to back, uh-huh. fucking, and it's it's dope how they're able to put rap, how they're able to. Oh put, yeah, you know how they're able to. If you really want, in. if you really want the artistry of Slipknot, my favorite Slipknot album of all time. If people will disagree with this, no, that is their best album. Yeah, for That's sure, that's absolutely their best. They're, album. They're, they're top. That was but them, that uh, they were pinnacle. never better than Iowa. But Hell my no. absolute favorite. Is the great chapter? It's uh, volume five, and just because of the subject matter, their bass player killed himself, and it's right. a very dark album, very somber. But if you've ever been depressed or dealt with depression, mm-hmm. that album speaks to you on a level that nobody else can understand. Damn, I love, I love that album. Damn, if I'm having a bad day, I can put that in and sit back and be like, dude, there's at least one other motherfucker on the face of this planet that knows what I'm going through right now, and his name is Corey Taylor. I was about to say Corey. So oh I my remember, God. I remember him going on um, Ink Masters. Oh, uh, okay. And um, he got 
uh, I can't think of dude's name. Um, the bass player. He, he ended up getting the tattoo. Yes. Of his mask. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. And um, he's crying yep. as he's fucking saying. Well, they know, were brothers, telling, man. They were like yeah. close. Hell yeah. So anyway, so I, I I did some Christian rap stuff Damn. back in the day. Damn. Which was Wednesday, and um, <laughs> I wanted to use that line at the beginning of, of a song. I thought that would be a good intro. I'm a mean mm, mm. Mm, servant of God, and then bringing like a you know what I mean. Right. It would be cool. I thought. I also wanted to use that thing from Mars Attacks. Where he's like, "We need to attack now. Death, kill." And he's shut up, shut up, shut up. I always thought that would be a cool <laughs> intro to a song too. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back to this so we don't run too were you, long. Are you are you any good at rapping, dude? I'm bomb at rapping. I can lay down a beat like nobody's business. All right. Hell yeah. All right. I can sure. Rap battle and everything. Shit. All right. Anyway, I'll lay some shit down with you off the mic. I don't want to do it. For sure. For like, shizzle. He, you know, it was all a dream. I used, I used to read, read Word Up magazine. magazine. <laughs> That's my Biggie Smalls impression, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, they give the speech. And so then, this is this is this is all while they're they're in this room. Yes, they're all still in the main part of the bar. Because what happens is the um, they uh, again all the bats and stuff are outside. <laughs> yep. So. Kate says they decide they're going to fight back. And then Kate right. says, I don't think I can take that noise anymore. The bats outside. The and then bats Fred outside. Williamson's like, oh, you could take it because you have to. And he goes into this weird Vietnam story about how he was stuck in a the foxhole crazy, with all his look. dead friends. And the Viet Cong were laughing about the being dead and blah, blah, blah. And then they're showing Sex Machine while he's talking over by himself. Uh-huh. And he's starting, oops, he's starting to hear... Like voices in his head, sex machine, kill them, kill them all. Grab me a, a Mexican taco on your way out. Grab me a Navajo taco. Give me something to drink. I need a beer. Kill them, kill them all. So, and he's like, oh my God. So then his ears get pointy and he's like, oh, what's going on? And he starts feeling like fangs and he's looking over and Fred Williamson's describing how he killed all these Vietnamese soldiers with his bayonet and there were bloody shreds of yellow flesh hanging off and he was, <laughs> he was insane and don't know what he was doing. And sex machine like tries to cover his mouth cause he's got the fangs and his whole hand like <laughs> vamps out. So then they go back to sex machine and he's like. And that's when I realized. And the little fingers come up on his shoulder, like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and it's Sex Machine, and he bites him. And then Fred Williamson knocks him off. He's like, "You bit me." <laughs> that's exactly how he says it. Yes, definitely. And then Sex Machine's like, "What are you gonna do about it?" And he's like. I ain't signing Jasper's autograph. That's what I'm fucking going to do about it. Oh, sorry. And he's like, come on. And Sex Machine runs at him, and he grabs him and throws him and busts out the wall. And all the bats start coming in. And then all of a sudden, Fred Williamson turns around. Even though he got bit like 45 (laughs) seconds ago, he's totally vamped out. And the only reason I can think to explain this is he got bitten directly in the jugular, which maybe made him turn quicker carotid artery or something yeah that's the only reason i can think of it i'm just trying my to defend is, the movie because no, no, i love no. it my, my thought is in that in that present moment all those fucking bats are going by and probably nicking them that too but yeah he does this there's this whole great there's this whole great wide shot right where he's got the big gaping fright night mouth and his arms around he's like oh 
and all the bats are flying past him, and he points at him. Ah, oh, that's the bugger. Right. In case you didn't know, that's the people. So then the bats are coming, and um, everybody scatters like, oh shit. So the door busts open, and they're like, oh shit. So then Harvey Keitel somehow ends up behind the wall or behind the bar, I mean, and he gets bit. Mm-hmm. He's been bit. I don't remember how he got bit, but he got bit. <laughs> um, shit. Why don't I remember how he got bit? Right. Anyway, okay. So he gets bit, and he jumps behind the bar, and the rest of them bust open the side door, and they're running down that hallway. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, this is my favorite scene. Starts to go. Oh man. So he's hiding, and they get in the other. They get in the bar. Or they get the down the hallway into the back room, mm-hmm. and George Clooney's pissed. Yep. And then they go to Jacob, and he's hiding behind the bar, and he looks up, and there's a shotgun. And then he grabs the baseball bat and the shotgun, and he slides it through <laughs> to make a cross. cross. Mm-hmm. And he looks up, and there's just hundreds of vampires standing there, and he's holding up the cross. And one tries to run at him, and he goes, chick, chick. Boom! He blows it away. So he's got like a cross shotgun. Right. And he backs towards the door and he gets in and he goes, he backs down the hallway. He starts banging on the door. He's like, let me in, let me in. And so they open the door and let him in. And George Clooney goes, Jacob, are you bit? And he goes, yes. And George Clooney loses his shit. And he's like, I'm going to kill every motherfucking last one of you. I'm going to send you all back to hell. And he's really upset Mm -hmm. because now... This is the second time in the movie he's promised somebody they're going to live through something and they're not going to. Right. I think that's what got him more than anything. So there's a part earlier in the movie that I thought was cool also when he's given that speech about the mean servant of God. Mm-hmm. George Clooney goes, I usually, can, I usually say God can kiss my ass, but I've had a little bit of a life change over the last yep. 30 minutes. Yep. He goes, and I can tell you, Jake, Jacob, if there's a hell and those things are from it, there's yeah. got to be a heaven, Jacob. There has got to be. Mm-hmm. And you could almost take this as George Clooney found God. Yep. Like he got saved. Yep. Like all of a sudden he's yep. now like, I believe in God, like yep. type of shit. Yep. It's almost like a religious, like, you know what it's I mean? A, it's like, an epiphany. It absolutely is. And because you have to think they, they're both on, if, if you really, really think about the parallels between them two. Yes. You know? Um, they are they are both you know in this present moment, you know, changed, right? Born again, you know. Yes. <laughs> Jacob comes back to himself. Yep. And George Clooney finds himself in this in this moment. Yes. You know, with everything that has gone on, you know, it's like holy shit, holy shit. You know, literally holy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like that, that's one of the things that I've uh, like the the biggest thing for me um, with this movie was that they find God in that bar. Yes, absolutely. It's in, in a titty bar. Right? That, the irony yeah. of it. But it goes to show you that you can find God anywhere. anywhere. That's a whole other man. I, right. Because I got some preacher in me still. I could do a whole sermon on that. You're right. And uh, yeah, I could do a pre- I could do a sermon on from dusk to dawn. Anyway, <laughs> so then Jacob goes. He gives the whole speech where he's like, now I think I got about 20 minutes. I'm going to turn too. Right. I need you to promise me when I turn, 
you kill, kill me. me and you don't make me the devil's lap dog or yeah something. i'm gonna be a lap dog or satan yeah there we yeah go. I, I, I love that point. so then kate like automatically is like yeah i'll kill you no problem and then scott's like yeah okay and he goes why don't i believe you and i'm like oh god here we go with right. the preacher shit again and george clooney they do this really weird shot where he's talking to them about killing him mm. george clooney he looks like he's losing his mind mm. like he's watching this all go down and he's kind of wide-eyed and he's you see a part of him that you don't see in the rest of the movie you see a vulnerable part of, a vulnerability. of seth of seth gecko that mm. he's no longer hard in that scene he's right. like what the fuck because I, I, I think to? i think what it is is this hard exterior has now been melted. Yeah. You know, and he's come experience. to respect Jacob. Right. He's come to have respect for him right. and actually like his family. Because right. when they were doing the shots, he's like, here's to your family. Right. And he was like, and yours, you know. Right. So he's developed. He's no longer like in the RV when he was like, I don't give a fuck about you or your family. I do now. You can either live forever or you can die this second. Mm -hmm. You know, it's changed. Definitely. And now he's pissed because life, Jacob's going to die and he knows it. Right. So then he's like. You got to the count of three. Well, Tell me you'll kill me. Yeah, right and then me. she's like, I'll do it. And then he's like, oh, he says five. And he's like, we got less time, so you got to the count of three. He goes, nah, you don't believe in suicide. And I love this Hank Hill line. It's not suicide if you're already, already dead. dead. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> God damn it, Bobby. God damn it, Bobby. I'll tell you what, man. Them dang no vampires out there, man. Dang on, dang on, dang on, dang on, dang on, titties, man. Anyway, so they both agree to kill him. And then Jacob looks around and he's like, "What's all okay?" So this happened after this, or the the they were doing the montage of them making weapons, right? Because because this happened before the Jacob kill me speech. Because he looks around, and he's like, "What's all this?" And they're like, "From what I can gather, they've been killing bikers and truckers for years, and this is all the shit they collected off the trucks." So mm -hmm. they go through and they're finding stuff they can make weapons out of. And Kate finds like this loading crossbow. <laughs> And then uh, they're filling condoms with water and blessing the water to make it holy and filling super soakers. Super soakers. And George Clooney finds this badass battering ram thing with a, and he sharpens this log into a giant steak and it's like, gung, 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 gung. yeah, like I don't know what the fuck. That I don't thing know is. what it was either. But that crossbow. Oh yeah. That coffin shell it was in with mm -hmm. the cross. Oh my god, it was awesome. All right, so here's a little something. Just mentioning a crossbow. Uh huh. Um, we went to Big Five Sporting Goods the other day okay. looking for um, 5.56 five, ammo and two two three ammo. Gotcha. If you're a gun guy, you know what gun that ammo's for. <laughs> and um, yeah, they didn't have any. So I'm not going to tell you what gun it was for, but you'll know if you're into guns what that ammo was for. Anyway, um, we went looking for ammo. They didn't have any. They didn't even have 9mm ammo. I was like, holy crap. Damn. What they did have was a crossbow <laughs> oh, and shit. i looked way longer at that crossbow than i think i should have because and i was like never really been into this shit but that crossbow looks badass like, and i was thinking it was after we had done the first episode of this and i was thinking about that crossbow kate had i'm like maybe i need to learn to shoot a crossbow that's kind of badass you know? daryl dixon right <laughs> and i'm still thinking about that crossbow like i'm thinking i want to go back and get it it was You'll like shoot a, your eye out. dude it's like a real it ain't no toy it's like no. a real fucking like cock it back kill somebody it's like 150 Shit. bucks like i'm seriously thinking about going back and getting it, it looks badass anyway so she's got this crossbow and it, and the crazy thing is how it's you got to think how primitive a fucking crossbow is right it's not it's not much of anything at all yeah it's a trigger if you got to hunt something oh 
And yeah, you don't want to waste the ammo, and you but get I'm really saying, good you gotta at that. Think it's all it is a fucking it's it's set up almost like a, it has a stock like a gun. Yep. It's a bow and arrow with yep. a trigger. Dude, I mean, it's that is that's it. I'm telling you, man, this thing is. I wish I could take a picture of it. It was badass. I'm seriously thinking about going back for it. Anyway, so Daryl um, Dixon on. Nah, I'd, I'd rather get my Kate on. I don't really like <laughs> Daryl. I think Kate was a bigger. Uh, but you don't like Norman Reedus? Yeah, I don't know. He's kind of a crybaby later on in the show. Oh, uh, that you know he's he, you know he was he was made up for this series. I know he was. Not, he was he's and not then in the they comics. actually drew him into the comics. Yeah, it's like because boo. of that. Which I'm like, yeah, whatever. Boo. I burn myself with cigarettes and cry because they kill people. <laughs> if you haven't watched the show, that's a spoiler. <laughs> he will burn himself with a cigarette eventually. Anyway. So yeah, they got the da, 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 da. George Clooney's got the big whatever the fuck that was. It it it, it almost looks like a fucking like just like the a, mechanism of it. It looks like a um um a fucking like a chainsaw almost because he has to rev it. I was thinking more like a a, a compactor. You know, yeah, the, yeah. There you go. That, that makes sense. That uh fucking levels the ground. Yes. Like but he's like holding that. it upright and right. it's got that thing sticking out of it. So anyway, um, so uh. Jacob prays for all of them, and then they bust open the door, and they go down the hallway, and they, they show this vamp, and George Clooney goes, kill them all! And Scott Scott throws a condom <laughs> water balloon and hits that thing in the head, and half its head just explodes, and it's like, ah! <laughs> it just looked retarded. So they go down, and they, they're wreaking havoc on no, everything. That, like, this is my favorite part of the fucking movie. Because right? they're fucking, it, like, it is legitimate, like, Fuck yeah. Oh, and then George Clooney goes, okay, vampire killers, let's Let's kill some vampires. vampires. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, um... And I think that shot, just the shot how they're coming down, is badass. Yeah, it was absolutely, like... It's fucking badass. I've seen this movie a hundred times, and when they open that door, I'm still scared, because there's so many monsters right there. They're right there. I know, and they're all staring at Like, you see, like, it's almost a, you know, a concave look, you know? Right. It it has, like, this... it's, It's... It's... nightmarish yep. shit. So they go in and they back them back out into the bar and they're they're throwing water balloons and squirting with super soakers. Oh, and they also showed a part where they took all their bullets and they carved a, a cross, cross. Yep, in the, the tip of all their bullets. So when they shoot them, they're catching on fire. That's really cool. So um, then Tom Savini attacks uh, Seth and um, he's like fighting him off and Kate looks over and sees like he's fighting with him. Oh, but what happens before that is um, George Clooney takes his whip and rips his head off with it. Yeah, I was going to say, who And it rolls that? over to Kate, and she catches the head with her foot, puts the crossbow down, and shoots the head to kill it. Well, then, for some reason, Tom Savini's body turns into this weird rat-type thing. Yeah, this ugly rat thing, and it jumps on George Clooney, and he's wrestling with it. And Kate looks over and sees it, and she's like, she like whistles at him. And George Clooney lifts up the rat, and she shoots it with the crossbow, and it throws him into the wall, and when he hits the wall, he explodes, and he's... So then Tom Savini's dead. So then um, Jacob meets up with Fred Williamson, Mm -hmm. and he's got that cross shotgun still, Mm -hmm. and he shoves it through Fred Williamson, and he's he's cocking it, and shooting vampires behind him, and he's like, oh... Oh, oh. <laughs> so then he yanks he after he kills a few vampires he yanks the shotgun out of him and he pulls the butt of the shotgun up like he's gonna hit him and Fred Williams goes oh, 
Lord, he just melts. <laughs> so freaking funny. So then um, the vampires are like closing in on Jacob and all of a sudden they stop and they start to walk away. And Scott looks over and he's like, Dad? And Jacob turns around and he's <laughs> Harvey Keitel vampire. Holy shit, you're all fucked. So then he's like, oh shit. So then um, I think uh, Jacob, so Jacob's turned and he bites Scott. Yep. And then Scott kills, he kill. he's like. Kill me, kill me, because he's getting Well, hang up. on, no, no, no. Well, before that, he shoots Harvey Keitel. He's like, I swear to God on Jesus Christ's name. And he shoots him because he swore to his dad right. he would kill him. And he blows half his face off. And as soon as that happened, Kate turns around. And she's like, oh, my God. And then all the vampires converge on Scott. Scott right. And they're biting him all over the place. He's like, ah, ah, he's screaming. And I thought it was funny because he had a belt full of condoms full of water. Right, and, and they were like shaking, shaking around. Shaking. It's so funny. And he's like, kill me, Kate. Kill me, Kate. And she's like pointing the gun. And she's like, I can't. And then all of a sudden she does it. And then everything, they all blow up. And then... So it's just her and uh, Seth left, and they're kind of back-to-back, and they're shooting him, and he goes, how many bullets you got left? And she's like, not many. And then they're coming in, and she goes, should I save the last ones for us? He goes, no, use it on the next cocksucker that tries to bite you. So they're shooting the vampires, and they're trying to close in. Well, they start, some of the whole bullets go through the wall, mm-hmm. and the sunlight starts coming in. And they start noticing the vampires can't cross the sunlight. And they're, they, well, they no, they're they trying to, to, and it's burning them. They start to notice that it's fucking daylight. Yeah. It is now from dusk. Yep. Till dawn. It is now dawn. So then George <laughs> Clooney's like, shoot more holes! Shoot more and holes! And they start shooting holes, and all the light's coming in, and they're in a circle of light, and the vampires can't get to it. And all of a sudden, you hear, Hey, anybody there? I'm looking for my buddy, Seth. <laughs> and it's Carlos. Carlos has come to meet them, and he's like, Shoot down the door. And they shoot the door down. And it's Cheech Marin again. Cheech, Cheech Marin is Carlos. He's, he's got third his third role. And he's got a thugs with him. And they come in. And the sunlight comes in. And the vampires start blowing up. And <laughs> it hits the like the disco, disco ball. mirror ball thing. Mm-hmm. And, and they all start blowing up. And so George Clooney and Kate run. And they're all running away from the titty twister. And the whole thing explodes. <laughs> Big ass explosion, which they also had to do in one take. Damn. Because they really blew the whole thing up. Damn. So then they're like, oh my God, and they got out. So then um Are they at the Viper? No, not yet. Okay. Um so Seth looks at Cheech and he's like Why in all the hellholes in Mexico did we have to meet here? And he was like, oh, you know, you said you wanted me at Don. It's Don. Here we are. Like, I don't know. It's uh, not a good spot. <laughs> you said, you know, there's, he goes, have you ever been here? He goes, no. It seems like a ratty place. I drove by it a few times. He goes, I figured there'd be no cops. He goes, well, because you picked this place out of a hat, my brother is dead. That girl's whole family is dead. And he's like. What were they psychos? And this is my favorite like, line I think in the whole movie. Psychos blow up. He goes, <laughs> "Did they look like psychos? Psychos do not." He goes, "They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them." I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. <laughs> <clears throat> and then he's like, "My brother's dead. He's not coming back." And he's like, "How can I make it up to you?" And he goes, "I get his cut." Going back to the. 
25 The conversation earlier uh-huh. that he had with Richie, he goes, 20% for my standout, Ray, instead of 30, it's a good start. And he's like, 25. And then they go back and forth. And as they shake, I think Cheech goes, 28. <laughs> Or twenty five, or he gets it down like more. He gets it up more than he originally like they were shaking on. Right. So then he's like, he, "This is a great line too." He goes, "Come on, we gotta go. You want a beer? I got foreign and or he goes, I got uh, Mexican and domestic. They're in Mexico. Domestic beer is Mexican. It beer. is Mexican. Mexican beer. or domestic. <laughs> Hilarious. So then um, he's like, "Do you like the car?" That's the that's the, the part. The yeah, he goes. I said like new. This is a ninety, and he's like, "Come on!" It was owned by a drug dealer friend of mine. You only drove it like fourteen times in five years. <laughs> <laughs> so he's counting out money, mm-hmm. and then he's giving uh, Carlos his cut, and then he gives some money to Kate. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I'm sorry, you know, like I'm sorry about your family, blah blah blah." And then she goes, "Hey, Seth." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Do you need some company?" And he goes, do you know what El Rey is? Do you know where I'm going? Do you even know anything about it? She's like, no. He goes, go home, Kate. And then he's getting in the car and he goes, I might be a bastard, but I'm not a fucking bastard. <laughs> no, we, well, we, we forgot a part, too. What's that? He takes the fucking jacket off. And finally oh, get the, he finally takes the jacket the, off and we get the whole tribal tattoo and it's badass. Right. It's, yes. it's probably the only tribal tattoo that I like. Right. Like, seriously. Like it would, Yeah, and... Yeah, just you tell him you don't like his tattoo and see what happens. And the, the, the crazy thing about it, I remember you were saying, I think we talked about it off camera. I mean, camera. Off uh, off mic. Off mic. Yeah. Vicky, Vicky. Wicky, uh, Wicky. That, uh, that it was George Clooney's idea for the tattoo the whole time. Yeah, it was. Because he had just seen some movie or something. Gotcha. That I had never heard of, but I need to look up. Anyway. Um, yeah. So then they get in the car mm-hmm. and they leave. And then Kate's walking out. To the RV. back to the motorhome, and then they start the whole music and boom, 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 boom. Holly hangs like a dead man, and then she's driving away, and they start panning out of the back of the titty twister, and you realize it's a fucking Mayan temple, right? And there's all all kinds of crash trucks and stuff, and like old like 1926 Ford model t's and shit back like, there like they've been there forever shit. doing this shit and holy yep shit. and then they roll credits it's a dark night and so my only my only thought is in this whole in this whole ending scene all right who has the keys to the motorhome yes she has to have had them i thought i've often thought that too because my, my thought is if it's my car guess who has the keys Right. Me. Like, did Jacob have the keys? Right. Did, so, she, did she grab them at some point? Did they leave them in the motorhome? Is there an extra set in there? Right. Look, it's, it's the little shit. Like, like, don't get me wrong. It's not anything. I'm to, sorry. I would have taken. I would have taken one of those badass motorcycles. Right. Well, fuck the motorhome. We're self-contained. <laughs> All right. So, we'll do the BBG meter in a minute. Right. Overall, 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 what would you give this movie? Just the just the overall rating from. Yeah. Overall, you know, yeah. one being the lowest, ten being the highest. Yes, for sure. Like from start to finish, this is you know one of my favorite movies. It's a, yes, it's I love it's it. Almost perfect for me. Almost, it is almost a perfect movie. It, it like seriously, it is almost perfect because yes. I again halfway through the movie you forget it's a fucking vampire, right? Movie. You know, so I'm I'm gonna go like nine point two five. Really, like, and that's just you know 
just because. That's very close. I give it a 9.6. Gotcha. There's two things keeping this from being a perfect movie. Okay. Number one, Fred uh-huh. Williamson is in it. I can't stand uh-huh. it. Number two, Salma Hayek should have taken her top off. Sooner? I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Sooner? No, she never did. You don't see no Salma Hayek boobs in this movie. You, whose titties do you see in the movie? You no, do see no, her titties. No, you do not. No, you don't. She never takes that top off. Bullshit. I swear to you. I will bet you money. She never takes that top off. Had that happened, Fred Williamson aside, that would have made this movie a 10. Just saying. That's me being a a, 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 a pig. I'm a pig. But anyway, thank you, Selma, for what you did give us because God damn. Anyway. uh, Yeah. So let's talk. It's time for the legacy BBG meter. It's going to be off the scale on this one. I'm going to let you go first, but I think we're going to be in agreement on this. So. When it comes down to it, boobs, like, blood, and guts—that's what BBG stands for. It is off the scales. Like right. I don't like I don't I don't even know where to put it. Uh, on I'm a scale gonna, of one to ten. Like, I'm gonna pull a spinal tap on this one and okay. give it an eleven. All right, on all three, all the way across. Yeah, boobs, bloods, and guts. Yeah. Eleven all the way across. Because uh, like this might be the only time this happens. I'm just yeah. letting you guys know. Because it it is and I yeah it's, it's very there. bloody, very violent. Lots right. of boobs, right in the right places at the right time. Not it's, overdone. It's not done too very, much. Not very too little. Well. And the guts everywhere. Right. Exploding eyes. Exploding rats. Exploding vampires. Shit happening all over the place. Blood, guts. Look, like it was my, perfect. My thought is with you know even with the how um, the vampires are portrayed, like. I don't know what it's like to kill a vampire. Right. But I would assume they would blow up. You know, or melt Probably. or, or something. you know, turn to ash or Right, it would be burn. something you know, it it would be something to that effect. So right. when when you know, when they die, I don't think like, oh, that's stupid. You know, like it's not like the fucking kill bill squirt, you know, of blood and shit. Samurai like that. blood type <laughs> of shit. Yeah. It's not like it's not cheesy. Right. It's it's definitely a realistic thought. You know, that's not overbearing. Right. You know, it's not too grandiose. It's yep. like, we're just going to blow these motherfuckers up or they're going to melt. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement on that. Hell yes. Yep. So, that is the movie from Dust Till Dawn. We did it so big, it was in two parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's check out what we're doing next time. <laughs> Oops, that was John Cena. I almost <laughs> threw that in on you again. <laughs> Remember, we do everything live, uh, real time here. You're hearing all my fuck ups. Let's see what we're doing next. People once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, just sometimes, the crow could bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. Gasoline, I smell. <laughs> Victims, aren't we all?
Fire it up. Fire it up. Fire it up. Fire it up. <laughs> so next week we will be doing Brandon Lee and his final role. I think it's only role, right? No, Showdown a little Tokyo, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In his final role as... Uh, the Crow. Yeah, what was his name? It was... Uh, oh, man. I know his name in the movie. Chris? No. No, it was... Uh, oh, I'm going to think of it, too. Damn it. As The Crow. Uh, we're going to be visiting that movie on VHS next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, man, I kept wanting to say Tyler Durden, but I know that's not right. That's uh, that's uh, Fight Club. Oh, Eric Draven. Eric Draven. Dang it. Tell him Eric Draven sends his regards. Hey, all I'm saying is it can't rain all the time. <laughs> Yo, like, for sure, one of my favorite, like, a couple different movies. This is probably going to be one of Nice. Like like we just did one of my favorites. Right. That's till dawn. But the crowd. It's been a crazy, crazy journey through this movie. We cut it into two parts. We had some fun. We saw some boobs. We drank some beer. We killed some vampires. Right. We hung out with the geckos. Right. Got to know Jacob. You know what we never asked? What's that? Why is their name specifically Gecko? I don't know, but I'm sure there's a reason for right, it. Right, because of the meticulous you know, Yeah, I'm sure there's... Tarantino we might have to look is. that up. Right. So that has been this episode of the 700 Tapes Podcast. Remember, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, iTunes, Spotify. Find us online, Facebook, 700 Tapes Podcast. Join our group. Find us on Twitter, Jasperino at 700 Tapes. On the IG tip, the Instagram at 700tapes, drop us a line, 700tapes at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. If you have a suggestion for a movie you'd like us to review, let us know. Um, Happy Easter to all of you. I am Jasperino here with the man, the myth, the legacy. Signing off, and we will see you guys on the flip side. Yes, sir.